This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. WPHD, WPHD, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, Hunter Biden, it was a fiasco today at the Capitol, exactly as you'd imagine. And I didn't have Jamie Raskin saying uh, D picks. On my Hellscape bingo card for 2024, did you? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Yeah, so Hunter Biden showed up, as you heard, at the uh, committee hearing today. And it was chaos. It was pure chaos. Also, uh, Representative Benny Thompson said the quiet part out loud today. You cannot impeach Alejandro Mayorkas because you don't like Biden's open border Policies. He actually said that today. So at least they're acknowledging what we all know, that this is not an accident. None of this is an accident. It's all happening on purpose, obviously. Uh, The question, of course, becomes uh, what happens in New Hampshire right away tonight? Former President Donald Trump is doing a town hall meeting. I believe it's still set to occur 9 p.m. tonight, despite the fact that his mother-in-law passed away. He did ask a judge to delay uh, a court hearing tomorrow, and the judge said no. Trump wanted to go to the, to the services for his mother-in-law, but uh, no, they, uh, they said no. And meanwhile, in New Hampshire, Republicans there are ramping up their efforts to get Chris Christie out of the race as Nikki Haley surges. So this is, what, this is what's going on, and this is the big story of the day today. It's brought to you by our friends at Venaria Dental. Dr. Mike Venaria, I was there this morning, as a matter of fact, had my cleaning this morning. So VenariaDental.com is where you go. Anti-Trump Republicans are privately pleading with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to drop out of the race ahead of the Granite State's January 23rd primary to make room for the, and I'll put air quotes here, surging Nikki Haley. The phone calls are not going over well. He flat out said, I'm not dropping out said Tom Boucher, a restaurateur and a former member of Christie's steering committee. He called them urging the gov to bow out of the race and endorse Haley. Lest he sabotage his own stated goal, preventing Donald Trump from returning to the White House. Uh, By the way, if you think this is all like a game, like Chris Christie's really actually helping Donald Trump behind the scenes, he's not. I, I assure you, he just has a massive ego, obviously. But. If I were a betting man, I'd say he will eventually back Nikki Haley. I, it just seems like the, the only chance he has for a for a future political future is to is to is to back her because otherwise he's going to lose anyway. And he's going to just have both sides mad at him, the establishment 
and the Trump people are never going to forgive him. So he's got, I mean, at some point you got to, you got to, you got to figure out how, how can I benefit from this situation? And the only thing that Christie can do at this point is to back Haley because he has zero chance of winning New Hampshire. I mean, 0.0. It's negative chances of winning New Hampshire at this point. So the restaurateur says to him, he goes, I just, I just said, I don't understand it. You have an opportunity here to get behind Nikki Haley. You have an opportunity to get all the people that are supporting you to get behind Haley so that she will accomplish what you've been trying to do since day one, just to make sure Donald Trump is not the nominee. Now, the Republican establishment is obviously solidly behind Nikki Haley. And, and when Governor Ron DeSantis drops out, it's not a matter of, of if, but when, he'll back Trump. And if he doesn't back Trump, then he'll have no political future whatsoever. I mean, he'll be done. Because Trump's people will never forgive the guy and it'll be over. So eventually this is going to come down to be a two-person contest between Trump and Haley. With the Republican establishment and the Democrat establishment backing Nikki Haley. I told you yesterday. Since New Hampshire, there's no primary going on in New Hampshire, and the DNC basically told people the, the primaries are relevant, they are organizing a behind-the-scenes shadow effort to get Democrats to go in and register as Republicans and vote for Nikki Haley in the primary. Because if they stop Trump, that's all their goal is. They don't care. I mean, real, honestly, if, 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 if it comes down to Joe Biden versus Nikki Haley, the swamp wins either way. They don't really care. You know what I mean? The establishment doesn't care. I'm not saying that the progressive base doesn't care. I'm saying that the, the the swamp, the party brokers, the people, they all have dinner together. They have steak together and drink expensive wine together. They don't care. They, as long as it's one of those two, they'll be fine. But they have to stop Trump. And maybe getting behind Nikki Haley is easier for them because then they don't have to worry about getting Joe Biden out of the race. Because that may be difficult to do. I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, if it's Trump versus Biden, Trump wins. And if it's Trump versus Biden, they are going to take Biden out by whatever they got to do. Any means necessary, they will take Joe Biden out of the race. Even if it means indicting him, they'll do whatever they have to do. They will take him out of the race. They, they, they will not lose to Trump. They can't. So they'll do a switcheroo at the convention or somewhere else. It'll be Newsom, maybe Michelle Obama, who knows, whatever. But, but if, it's, um, if it's Haley, they still get the war in Ukraine. Uh, the swamp's not going to get drained. It'll be fine. They can live with that for four years. You know what I mean? They, that's okay. They, stopping Trump is everything for these people. If you're the establishment, if you're the Washington, D.C. epicenter of power, you are very worried right now of what Donald Trump's going to do in his revenge tour. And it really will be a revenge tour. And it should be a revenge tour. Because these are the people that undermine his presidency from within. Now, the very same people within his government that work to undermine his presidency. And he's not going to give them the war in Ukraine. You know, that's the key point. Look, I don't know if LBJ had anything to do with JFK's assassination or not. I just remember this one line from the movie JFK by Oliver Stone. I remember when uh, there's this scene in the movie where LBJ says, just make me president. I'll give you your damn war. And the whole theory of Oliver Stone's thesis of that movie basically is that, you know, Kennedy was going to pull us out of Vietnam and the, um, uh, the deep state didn't like that. You know, the war machine wanted to make a lot of cash. War is very profitable. For a lot of people, it is. Like, for example, you know, I'm reading the book, uh, The Year of the Locust, Terry Hayes' book, which is, we're going to have our event together February 7th. And it's a, it's a riveting book. I cannot put it down. I mean, I, I was up till 1.30 in the morning last night reading it. It's that good. I can't, it's just uh, edge, of, edge of your seat kind of thriller. I hope you'll join us for the event of February 7th. But he makes a point in there that the war on terror cost the United States of America $10 trillion. 
But who profited off of that war? You know I mean, who, who were the people that made money off the war? It cost us that much, yes, but a lot of people got very, very rich off of that war within the United States of America. The defense contracting industry is what I'm talking about. So again, you know, the, the whole idea of Nikki Haley promising that we will still support Ukraine, whether or not we have boots on the ground or not, she's made this point clear. We will continue to give Ukraine the aid and the weapons that it needs to be able to fight Russia. That's all they need. That's I'm telling you right now, that's all the swamp needs is that period. That's it. They, as long as that stands, they're fine with her. They can deal with four years. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. You know, they'll, they'll try to stop her as much as they can in other things. But as long as that stands, they know that if Trump gets in, the war in Ukraine's over. That cash cow is drying up. Plus, they know he's not going to start any other wars. And that's also a problem for them. Like with Haley, you got a chance maybe they'll be in a Iran war. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get, you get the Ukraine war. You also get the possibility of maybe a conflict in the Middle East. You know, maybe the United States gets involved in something else in the Middle East. So if you're the swamp, you're the establishment, you, you're, you're okay with this. If it's Biden versus Haley, it's a coin flip. You don't care who wins. If it's Biden versus Trump, you're terrified. You're the swamp. You're the deep state. You're the establishment of, both, of either party. You're terrified because you know Trump's going to beat Biden. Trump will beat Biden. I'm telling you that right now. He will beat Biden. Even if they try to cheat, he's still going to beat him. There are, there, we've learned too much since 2020. We've learned too much from COVID. We learned too much from mail-in voting. We learned too much from Democrats stuffing drop boxes and all their nonsense. We've learned too much. And in the states that matter, the, the six states that will decide the presidency, I can ensure you that there will be a very strong mail-in ballot, early voting, drop box ballot campaign led by the people that want to get Republicans elected, meaning Trump's team and Dave McCormick's team in PA. Let's not forget, you know, Dave McCormick is going to be the U.S. Senate nominee for Pennsylvania for the Republican Party. He is going to make sure, I heard him talking about this yesterday with Dom, and we'll get Dave back on the show soon. He's going to make sure that that, uh, that operation is an A-plus solid operation. He's not going to take any chances with that. And the other states that matter, the, the same thing's going to happen. It's a different universe than it was four years ago. And they know the Democrats are going to try to cheat, and they're going to be acutely aware of that fact. And this time around, I don't think there'll be another pandemic. I mean, you can never predict anything. What, you know, what, what they'll try to roll out just in time for the general election is anybody's guess. But if it's Trump versus Biden, Trump wins. And they know that. I mean, they know that's why all the panic alarms are sounding right now. Why do you think you've got Barack Obama and all these other people, David Axelrod and James Carville, all coming out and screaming from the rooftops right now that Biden is in trouble? Why do you think it's happening? It's happening. It's not some Jedi mind trick here to make Joe Biden more powerful. It's being said because they know that Trump's going to win and they want people to understand that Biden cannot beat him. So they have two options. The first option then is to take Trump out. I mean, I'm sorry, take Joe, Joe Biden out. You have to get him out of the race. But then again, getting a president out of the race is a very difficult maneuver. Especially an old stubborn goat like Joe Biden. The second option is to just get somebody that they can live with for four years. And that's where the Nikki Haley scenario comes in. 
They could live with Christie, too, for four years. Because he's already said, you know, he's pledged his support for Ukraine, too. I can't emphasize enough to you how much that matters to them. I cannot emphasize that enough to you. How much that matters to them. It's everything. It's everything. Because all these weapons that we're sending to Ukraine, this is a, these are all weapons made by U.S. defense contractors. You know, some, one of them said the quiet part out loud. I forget who. It was a couple. It was back in December at some point. Somebody was talking about the investment that we've made in Ukraine, and it was probably Biden. And he said to the point of, you know, these are American-made weapons going over there. American stuff we're sending to Ukraine. So this is an investment in our economy, too. See what I mean? You cut off that cash cow, people are not going to be happy about that. Plus, I think you also have another thing to consider, and that is that uh, as Anthony Fauci, Asanto Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that by law, by law, uh, as he's there talking about gain-of-function research, that is probably going to get cut off as well if Trump becomes president, because he's not going to play around anymore with these bureaucrats who are willing to unleash viruses that could lead to the Democrats winning an election. So I think that goes away. I don't think Nikki Haley cuts off that gravy gravy train. You know what I mean? And Joe Biden clearly hasn't. So then the big pharma swamp also has a lot invested in this race as well. I can't can't overemphasize to you enough how much that matters as well. The wealthiest zip codes in the United States of America are all centered around Washington, D.C. for a reason. And there's a lot of money there. A lot of money in being a lobbyist and being a lawyer, being on a board of a corporation, all these people, and they are not going to let Trump win. They'll do whatever they have to do. They are not going to let Trump win. Ron DeSantis will back Trump. He has to. He does, there's no other political option for him. He has to do that. If he, if, he, if he sees a political future for himself, and he should. He's a young guy. He's smart. He's got a lot to offer. He's a great governor. You, you back Trump, you go out there as a surrogate for him, and you run in four years. And you hope that you will have gained enough goodwill with Trump's people that you have a shot. Now, obviously, depending on who Trump picks for vice president, that person may run in 2028. I know the Democrats keep saying that Trump will never leave the White House, but he will. And somebody will become president in 2028. Somebody will win the presidency. And it could be whoever Trump picks as his VP. But maybe, maybe DeSantis, maybe it'll, you know, maybe he'll wind up playing such a prominent role that it'll be him. And that's what he's got to think about. He's got to think about four years from now. Because there's no pathway for him to beat Trump. Not as long as Haley's in the race anyway. But again, DeSantis isn't running an anti-Trump campaign. I mean, he's running against him. And he's contrasting his positions with Trump. But it's not an anti-Trump campaign. Chris Christie is running an anti-Trump campaign. You know what I mean? That's the difference. His entire reason for existence is anti-Trump. So if you're a Christie voter, you're you're not backing DeSantis if Christie gets out of the race. You're backing Haley. She's emerged as the anti-Trump candidate, not DeSantis. He was the alternative to Trump. He was the other option to Trump. And if he plays his cards right politically, he can get out of this race in a way where Trump supporters don't hate him forever. They'll wind up, he'll win back a lot of goodwill with them, and 2028 will be here before you know it. There's no chance in hell that Ron DeSantis will back Nikki Haley, and there's no chance in hell that Ron DeSantis will be the person that stands in the way of, of 
Trump winning the nomination against Nikki Haley. And the only scenario in which DeSantis would stay in is if if they calculate that he's some way a buffer to Haley. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think DeSantis's supporters largely go to Trump. I really do. I, I think they largely go to him. There are some establishment people that are backing him that will go to Haley, of course. But I don't think it's the majority. I think a lot of people backed Ron DeSantis. They like Trump's policies, but they just didn't think Trump could win. They got on board with DeSantis and, you know, DeSantis can't win. But I I don't think for as many people it was an anti-Trump zeal. Because if it was, why DeSantis? You know, why him? He's he's more Trumpish than anybody else in the race. You'd back Christie. And at this point... You are left with two choices. If you're a DeSantis supporter, it's Trump or Haley, and unless you are the establishment. But if you're the establishment, I think you dumped Ron DeSantis a while ago. I think you decided a while ago he can't win, and you've put all your support behind Haley, and that's why she's doing as well as she's doing in New Hampshire. So I think that ship has sailed. You know, that ship has sailed, and, 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 and that's why. And again, I've, I've always told you, and I've told you this for as long as I've been doing this, I'll always call balls and strikes here. And I upset people when I do that. And because everybody has their favorites in these races and they get mad, but that's okay. I mean, I look at this as a sport in many ways. Obviously, it's more important than sports. But it, for me, I look at it as a way, I don't know, maybe a, a sports talk host covers an Eagles game or the way Merrill Reese looks at the Eagles game. I don't know. I just look at the play-by-plays here and I just, I, I'm telling you how this plays out. It plays out as a two-person race with Trump versus Haley the establishment has, they dropped DeSantis a while ago. DeSantis now has, he's a man without a country. He's got to win back that Trump support for his own political future. And the establishment has to get Christie out of the race so that they can have a clear pathway to have this be a two-person a two race. And for Christie, what are his options here? Yeah, he's going to lose. So do you... Do you, you you just go down fighting in New Hampshire for what purpose? I mean, what 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 does that get you? You know what I mean? You wind up back on ABC this week where you can be a, uh, a panelist once a week on a Sunday morning news show that nobody watches. You know what I mean? Like, is that is that what you're going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to run for U.S. Senate in New Jersey? You're not going to do that. So the only chance you have, the only chance you have is that Nikki Haley wins and puts you as attorney general or something like that. That's it. There's all this bad blood that's going on right now in New Hampshire between Christie and, and Chris Sununu, the governor there, is back to Nikki Haley. Uh, all, all these things, that, that all goes away the minute you endorse somebody. All that bad blood goes away. Now, the minute you back a person, bad blood in politics has a, has a very, very fast dry ratio. You know what I mean? It doesn't last long. I mean, think about it. Christie used to be a very vocal critic of Donald Trump in the 2016 primary. And then he was he came out and endorsed him and he was on the debate team with him. So bad blood in politics. Well, while people have very long memories, the blood dries quickly if there's something that they can get out of you. Which means that if Christie tomorrow drops out of the race and backs Haley, then Chris Sununo's his buddy again and. All the establishment people, they're, they're, all, they're all buddies with him. I guess quote from this one article said, Chris, Sununu, Chris Christie is not the type of guy to listen to Chris Sununu and say, get out, and then just cower to him and say, okay, I'll quit. 
But the campaign to drive Christie out has escalated to the point that some New Hampshire Republicans are wondering whether he'll use a Wednesday night event in Wyndham, New Hampshire, to announce his departure. His campaign says, absolutely not. We have a public town hall event in Wyndham, so we have invited our supporters. It's uh, not going to happen. Christie's available to attend the town hall after failing to qualify for Wednesday night's CNN debate, which will feature a one-on-one matchup between DeSantis and Haley. Trump, for his part, refused to attend the debate and instead participating in a town hall in Iowa on Fox News, which I'm sure you'll be watching tonight. But the road is getting tough for Christie, who now regularly fields questions about whether he'll drop out during his own town halls. His go-to response is to remind New Hampshire voters that Haley will not say whether she'd accept an offer from Trump to run as his VP should he win the nomination. He said, let's say I dropped out of the race right now and I support Nikki Haley. And then three months from now, four months from now, when you're ready to go to the convention, she comes out as his VP. What will I look like? What will all the people who supported her at my behest look like? I'm not going to make the same mistake again, Christie said. But he finished sixth place in New Hampshire in 2016. And as it stands right now, he's, I mean, there's zero chance he wins in New Hampshire. And that's his last stand now. And he has no chance of winning. None whatsoever. None, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. There's no chance. Zero. Zero point zero chance. Negative chances. So now the establishment keeps calling and they keep telling him, you got to get out of the race, got out of the race, got out of the race, got back Haley. And the only question is, what do I get out of it? At this point, the only negotiations that are going on behind the scenes between Christie and Haley's people are, what will you give him if he gets out of the race? That's it. And what does he want? Does he want to be VP? Does he want to be attorney general? What does he want? And then agree to that. And then there you go. Because I've told you this and I'll tell you again. The the number one goal here of the establishment, be it Republican or Democrat, is to stop Trump, period. That's it. They don't care if Nikki Haley's president. They don't care. As long as Trump is not, that is their goal, period. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big show straight ahead today for you. Hunter Biden makes a surprise appearance on Capitol Hill and chaos ensues. Don't go away. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Yes, Chris Christie's a low rider in the polls, so when will he drop out of the race and back Nikki Haley? It's not a matter of if, but when, I think. Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. There's a lot going on today with Hunter Biden's fiasco appearance before the House committee today. But a couple things before they get lost in the shuffle. So number one is that Fauci admits that the whole six feet social distancing thing that they had. Remember that old thing? Yeah, say six feet apart. They Remember you go into stores and they'd have those. Some places still have them, actually. They put down these dots, apparently six feet apart. You know, you just like stand on one and the person would stand on the other one six feet away from you. And then, where, where did that come from? Where did the six feet thing come from? You know what I mean? Well, Fauci admitted today or yesterday to lawmakers there was n- likely no scientific data behind social distancing guidelines during COVID. Republican Representative Brad Wenstrup of Ohio, chairman of the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, released a statement Wednesday morning outlining key details from Fauci's testimony, including his admission that social distancing guidelines sort of just appeared during the COVID pandemic. It just kind of appeared, you know? Remember how people would be, too? I remember this. You'd sometimes be walking on the street and people would like stop. If they were walking on the sidewalk, they were facing you they would like go on the street and walk around like they'd risk getting hit by a car versus having to pass even outside like you having to pass you you know and stores it was a war some out some places they had like arrows you know you go this aisle you go down this aisle you couldn't go up this aisle and it was the whole thing was like a giant game of frogger for a while anyway it was all bs it was it didn't come from anything they had no basis before it it just sort of appeared so remember all the people that screamed about science, lectured you about science? Where, what was their basis for any of this stuff? Ah, I don't know. Just kind of happened that way. Where'd you come up with this whole six feet social distancing thing? I don't know. Just kind of became a thing. A thing by who? You're the, you were the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. You always have to say that by law. So how did this come about? I don't know. It was just a thing. A thing? What do you mean a thing? Like people to this day, you still go in places and they have lines. Stay six feet apart for your own good. Kids going into school buildings, they would have, in some places, tape measures. 
to make sure the kids were six feet apart. Desks had to be six feet apart, and they all these all these ridiculous things that were done. You know, coworkers couldn't be within six feet of each other. You know, it was all made up. They just made it up. It's completely out of thin air. I don't know, six feet. I actually think they got it from the movie Contagion. Because I'm pretty sure there's a line in that movie about six feet, stay six feet apart. That movie came out before COVID, obviously. I think they just got it from the movie. I I mean that, I really do. There's a line in that movie where I'm pretty sure Lawrence Fishburne, as the head of the CDC, made a comment about staying six feet apart. I think they just got it from that. Yeah, it works. And they used it in a Hollywood script, so it must be real. must be science, right? Uh, Just do it. And people would yell at you, too. Remember that? If uh, you were in line and you were close to somebody. First of all, even prior to COVID, I don't like when I'm in line and somebody's right on top of me. I hate that, as a matter of fact. It's not even a a virus thing. I I like my personal space. You know what I mean? And the worst is when somebody's right on top of you and you move up a little bit and then they just move up, too. Like you're, you're not getting the hint here. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't need you breathing on my neck. Not because I'm afraid you have COVID. I just, I like my space, man, you know? But there were people who, if you got within six feet, they had a mask on, of course. They would turn around and yell at you. Yeah, six feet. Back up. Back up. Yeah, you have four and a half feet. And take out a tape measure. Oh, yeah, that's four point, that's four and a quarter inches. Yeah, back up. Back up. That's only five foot ten. You're five foot ten. Get back two inches. Get back. Laser, laser tape measures, you know, laser measures. Uh, it was just made up. Where'd it come from? I don't know. doesn't matter. What the chairman of the committee said was after two days of testimony and 14 hours of questioning, many things became evident. During his interview today, Dr. Fauci claimed that his, the policies and mandates he promoted may unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. He testified that the lab leak hypothesis, which was often suppressed, was in fact not a conspiracy theory. I know I'm as shocked as you are, because this entire time since February of 2020, I, for one, believed that this virus came from an undercooked bat burger, a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli. And some dude just left the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, on his lunch break. Went down to the wet market. I was like, what do you got today? I said, sir, we have a special on bat. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. We have uh, bat today, bat burgers. You can do it on a brioche bun or seated or low carb if you like. Some people like that. You know, like a lettuce wrap or whatnot. Anyway, uh, how would you like your bat burger, sir? The guy said rare. I like it rare. I want to see that bat bleeding. And then next thing you know, boom, global pandemic. I have always believed that myself for four years despite all the evidence of the contrary i've i and and when the corporate media and the government and big tech told me that it came from an undercooked bat burger at a wet market i said well phew because the idea that this virus could have been engineered in a lab and created and then that it got out of the lab that's complete and utter racism. But to suggest that the Chinese people have just filthy eating habits and are literally disgusting with how they eat their food, not racist. Not racist in the least. And that was the way that, that it was told, you know. Remember that. You, if you said it came from a lab, that was, I remember this, a Chinese ambassador was on with Margaret Brennan. 
And he said it's very racist to say it came from a lab. The only thing you can say that's not racist is that our people have filthy eating habits and that that's what caused the pandemic. And you went, all right, okay, that seems to be sort of a contradiction. I would think it's the other way around. I think it's racist to say, like, your people eat, like, raw bat, but, you know, like, there's, like, and dog and stuff. Like, they're so, like, they're, they're so backwards that they may have started a pandemic by eating a raw raccoon dog. Like, that, you know, if I'm, if I had a, say I was doing, like, racist bingo, and I had to pick one, which one do you think sounds more racist? The people of a country are so disgusting and backwards, they eat raw bat, or that a virus leaked out of their laboratory. Which one sounds more racist to you? I would go, well, probably the fact that they're so uncivilized and and filthy, they eat raw bat. Nope, you're wrong. It's that a virus got out of their lab. Oh, oh, but yeah, but I mean, but that that could have been an accident or or intentional. But that sounds like like what like what? How's that racist? I don't I don't understand. I mean, viruses that's happened before. Like, what's racist about? I don't. But we were told it was so. That was that. And then, of course, I love the fact too that the. People on MSNBC said it was debunked bunkum. Joy, Joy uh, Reid said that. It was debunked bunkum. The since-debunked COVID lab leak theory. Debunked by who? Debunked by Fauci, who now says that it was not, in fact, a conspiracy theory after all. I know. I'm as surprised as you are. I am as surprised as you are. And I am craving a bat burger like it's nobody's business, baby. Or maybe a pangolin hot dog. Or a raccoon dog cheesecake. Any of these things. But the key is undercooked. Undercooked is the key. You got to cook your food all the way through. And just the other day, I had a cheeseburger at an American restaurant. And unfortunately, they they had to use beef. um, Not bad. And I got it medium rare. And I was fine. I survived. I'll live. I'll live. I don't like it when it's cooked well done. I don't care. I won't eat it. I just won't. If I go to a place and they say we have a minimum temperature of medium, I won't order a burger. That's how I am. I can understand. You go to the wet market and you go, how do you like your bat burgers, sir? And they go, well, medium rare, please. I'm sorry. We have to cook this bat at least medium well to avoid a pandemic. Well, then I'm not buying your bat burger. You have a good day, sir. I imagine when something like that. Fauci testified the lab leak hypothesis, which was often suppressed, was in fact not a conspiracy theory. Further, the social distancing recommendations forced on Americans sort of just appeared and were likely not based on scientific data. Nobody knows where it came from. Nobody knows. It was just kind of arbitrary. Fauci admitted to lawmakers COVID-19 vaccine mandates could create renewed vaccine hesitancy and that he advised universities to impose vaccine mandates. Of course, as many of their athletes drop dead of blood clots and heart disease and other things like that, we were also told it had nothing to do with the COVID vaccine. Even though European countries were warning us about that stuff, and our pharmaceutical industry said, those countries are nuts. Don't listen to them. Now, uh, Fauci denied visiting the CIA during the pandemic and attempting to influence its investigation of the COVID-19 origins, allegations first brought forth by the subcommittee. The top COVID-19 advisor to the White House conceded that the lab leak theory of COVID-19 is not a conspiracy theory years after he influenced a scientific paper discrediting the lab leak hypothesis at the beginning of the pandemic. 
Dr. Christian Anderson, one of the paper's authors, appeared to privately admit to a colleague the purpose of the paper was to discredit the lab leak theory. He also met with the bat lady. Remember the Wuhan bat lady? That's right. Fauci met with the Wuhan bat lady back in 2017. Why is that? Why would Fauci meet with the Wuhan bat lady back in 2017? Well, the answer is because he was funding gain-of-function research. Xi Zhengli, that's her name. She's best known as the bat lady. Imagine having that nickname going through life, besides Nancy Pelosi, of course. You go through life, you're known as the bat lady. Like, that's how you're thinking. You're You're not a DC hero, superhero, or anything like that. You're not like Batwoman, Batgirl, you're Batlady. Anyway, the uh, scientists met with Fauci back in 2017, the Batwoman of China, for her research on SARS-like coronaviruses in bat caves, presented her findings on novel coronaviruses to the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases back in June of 2017, according to a report by U.S. Right to Know. EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S. research organization that funded Xi's lab, arranged the meeting, which the group's president, Peter Daszak, doubled, uh, dubbed a double act between him and Xi. He also met with Eric Stemme, who managed coronavirus research at the Division of Microbiology and Infectious Diseases. Four months later in October, Fauci met with Daszak himself, likely to discuss an outbreak of an animal coronavirus called Swine Acute diarrhea syndrome which by the way also the letters stand for sads swine acute diarrhea syndrome and if you have that you are sad i will give you that that is a very accurate what do they call those things again what do they call when it's just three letters an acronym right yeah i don't think there could be a more appropriate acronym in the world like nobody's happy why are you so happy today i have swine acute diarrhea syndrome that's why i'm happy Oh, that and it's Wednesday. You know what I mean? You're not in a good mood after that. You're just sad. Swine acute diarrhea syndrome. By December of that year, NIH resumed funding for research to develop new viruses in the lab following a three-year pause on the practice over the possibility that such research could cause a pandemic. Emails obtained by U.S. Right to Know through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the NIH Reveal that Fauci and his top aides were aware of the novel coronavirus research underway at the pandemic's epicenter well before 2020. Despite this, Fauci did not mention the 2017 meeting with Peter Daszak in the 2022 sworn deposition with the attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana. That deposition was part of a lawsuit alleging that Fauci and other White House officials um, excuse me, leaned on social media companies to limit debate about COVID-19 during the height of the pandemic. That is the Missouri v. Biden case, which is going to be heard by the Supreme Court. Anyway, so six feet social distancing was a crock. The lab leak theory was not a conspiracy theory after all. And then Fauci also comes out and says, He doesn't think that our kids actually sustained any learning loss. He told the House committee he's not convinced kids suffered learning loss due to pandemic school closures, even though all the research, all the the data, all the science says that our kids have fallen behind in math and reading with potentially now years and years of learning loss recovery time. But despite that, Fauci doesn't think that there's a link. All right. 
So there you go. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in today on the show. Hunter Biden's big appearance before the House committee today. As you would imagine, it is an absolute fiasco. Got a lot of great audio to share with you on that. And tonight, Donald Trump's big town hall in Iowa. But what about the debate between DeSantis and Nikki Haley? A lot to talk about today. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Is this the closest song you could find for like a pangolin or a bat? A space hog? I I guess. I mean, I I was trying to think of something to do with like space and distancing. Oh, I see. More not bad. I could have done bad out of hell. I was going to say you could have done meatloaf bad out of hell. Yeah. This works, though. This is a good one. It's always interesting how the mind of Henry works when he comes up with these songs. <laughs> how process that goes through his mind. It's a dark place. I don't want to go there. But. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt sees it up and close. Sometimes it's a struggle. Unfortunately, I have to witness it firsthand every single day. So many times you pick something totally inappropriate with curse words in it, and I have to tell you have him, to overrule Henry, it. it's not even worth trying to find a censored version of that song. Yeah. Which is a shame, because there are some good ones that I've had to toss to the not side. Not really. No, that's not true at all. Oh, I'm sure it's true. <laughs> I have no doubt that the censorati over there in the, in the main production studio <laughs> vetoed that. Yeah, speech police. Yeah. There's all sorts of swear words in some of his top selections. But even the ones I... Even the ones that get blurted out, you're like, no. Yeah, because there are so many bleeps that it defeats the purpose of even playing the song. I'll give you an example, right? So Boeing 737 maxes have been recalled. And Boeing was set to have a great year, but plugs have caused this problem for them. Exactly. Mm, Treading a very fine line there. Let me try it again. You don't have to. You don't have to. We heard you the first time. Boeing CEO said we were going to have a great year, but plugs have now caused them (laughs) to be grounded. Just to be clear to the audience, there's a comma in there. A hundred percent there's a comma in there. How could anyone not hear the comma? Seriously. Oh, yeah. How could anyone not hear that comma? He takes a whole dramatic pause in everything. Thank you. The dramatic pause clearly indicates a comma. They said the, 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 the company said they're going to get to a conclusion on the cause of the accident. And they said that um, we are a company that puts safety and security first. But plugs are going to be something that we pay attention to going forward. That was that was that was kind of close. Well, I read that too fast. Yeah. So, so we are a company that takes safety and security uh, as a priority. But plugs are going to be something we have to look into going forward. Can you announce the presence of the comma just so I feel more comfortable? I think that everybody can hear in my voice the uh, what I'm saying here. The door plug. It's a door plug. It would be better if I say door plug. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's better. All right. So Boeing would be a really safe company, but door plug is the problem. That's better. We're yeah, not I don't think get... but door, door plug sounds any better, why, but you know. Why don't you just call it whole plug? A hole plug is fine. <laughs> no, that's way worse. Well, that's what it is, though. It plugs a hole. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, you really uh, need a comma on that one, though. Yeah. Uh, 
the manufacturer of the door plug that was blown out in midair during an Alaska Airlines flight is now the focus of a class action lawsuit. Shocking. And the manufacturer said, we have a tremendous safety record, but plugs got away from us. Oh. <laughs> it happens. You know? It happens. Uh <laughs> And by the way, you would need one of those if you got that uh, syndrome I, I shared with you, that oh. um, SADS syndrome from the previous segment, if you were paying attention. You would certainly need one of those. Uh, I just got a tweet. Let's check do our quick social media check-in, courtesy of our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter. So I got a tweet here from, um, let's see, uh, let's, let's try to find it now. Johnny Z, our buddy Johnny Z, who shared that Mark Halperin, who was uh, a one-time MSNBC guy until he became the guy that was the dry humper. Do you remember that whole scandal where he was accused of dry humping people in the break room? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so the dry humper himself. He's now apparently has a scoop that Chris Christie is going to drop out of the race today at 5.30 p.m. But will not be endorsing anybody just yet, but will be dropping out of the race at 5.30 p.m., suspending his campaign. I don't know if it's true. I have no way of knowing if it's true or not, but Johnny Z shared the uh, the tweet, and the tweet says that Mark Halperin scoops that Chris Christie is expected to exit the race today at 5 p.m. Not looking like he'll be endorsing yet. So we'll be on, on watch for that. See if that does occur today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Christie's supposed to have a town hall meeting in New Hampshire tonight. Personally, If I were advising him, which I'm not, I would say to him, don't do that at five o'clock. Use your town hall meeting as an opportunity to endorse Nikki Haley and see she'll be on the CNN debate stage and you can make news. And there you go. That seems to me to be what the play is here. But who knows? Who knows what it'll wind up doing? But either way, I just wanted to share that rumor with you as we do our social media check in. Thank you to Johnny Z for that. Uh, The other Johnny, Johnny Cook. He says, Rich, Swine Acute Diarrhea Syndrome was my Marilyn Manson cover band name in college. (laughs) We are Swine Acute Diarrhea Syndrome. And they killed at the Palladium. Jim O'Connell says, backdoor plug. Yeah, that's more appropriate. Thank you, Jim. I think that that's more appropriate. I don't think it is. Was it the backdoor? It was the backdoor, wasn't it? No? Maybe it was a side door. They didn't have a backdoor. It depends on the direction you're looking at, right? Newman Price says, when the plug pops out, there's a gaping hole left there. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to fill that on planes? I agree. You see a hole, you fill it with a plug. <laughs> so I don't know what the issue is. I don't, I'm confused, I guess. I just right. give up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in the 4 o'clock hour, speaking of um, crazy things you put in places you shouldn't, Hunter Biden <laughs> showed up on Capitol Hill today. And it was a fiasco, as you could imagine. We'll get into that with you straight ahead. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. (laughs) 
I'm Monica Ricks. Rescue crews are racing to find possible skiers and snowboarders trapped under an avalanche at a ski resort in Lake Tahoe, California. KOVR TV reporter Andrew Hobner's there. Some of the first people to get the first chairlift of the morning that services skiers and riders, and that group ended up being caught in a pretty bad avalanche. Mountain Ops is up there, emergency services, fire district, police are all up there right now. But there's no telling yet whether anyone's hurt or missing. In Connecticut, hundreds of people are now evacuating to escape floodwaters from a local dam break along the Yantic River. This follows heavy overnight storms in the region. In New York, neighborhoods are dealing with floods and widespread damage. A tree fell on this woman's home in Staten Island. I heard a noise, but with the what goes on on the street, I never thought to, you know, to look. And of all the trees on the street, why this one? Tornadoes and hail hit states further south. A House committee hearing on whether to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress got ugly today. Here's Republican Nancy Mace. I think that uh, that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law. Come on, come on. And the, premise- the president's son refused to testify behind closed doors. He wants to give his deposition publicly to keep lawmakers from allegedly twisting his words. The White House, meantime, sounding the alarm on rebel attacks in the Red Sea. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says in the most recent attacks. Iran-backed Houthis launched a complex attack of one-way attack drones, anti-ship cruise missiles, and an anti-ship ballistic missile. And while there were no injuries and no damage. These attacks against vessels in the Red Sea posed a direct threat to lives, to freedom of navigation, and to global trade in one of the world's most critical waterways. Linda Kenyon, CBS News, the White House. Ecuador is still reeling from an outbreak of violence and has declared a national emergency following the prison break of a big gang leader there. Reporter Enrique Acevedo. There's a curfew. Classes have been suspended. Basic services have also been suspended in most of the country. A group of armed men were arrested yesterday for attacking a television station during a live broadcast. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. <laughs> and Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed the Elvis Act into law today, which protects artists from artificial intelligence. Every one of you who's, a, who's an artist or an engineer or a producer, you have a gift and it's unique to you. And it's very important that it not be copied, stolen, mocked. It, it's very important that that be protected. This measure aims to protect the state's $6 billion music industry. This is CBS News. We all make resolutions this time of year. And let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at Navage.com. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes.
This, this is, the, is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Hunter Biden showed up today in Congress and it was chaos as you'd imagine. A total stunt by Hunter Biden. The question, of course, is will they hold him in contempt? As he crashed the hearing. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. And on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We're also on uh, Chris Christie Watch. To see if the former New Jersey governor will be, in fact, dropping out of the race at 5 p.m. And whether or not he'll be backing Nikki Haley for president. So that's the question. He's got a 5 p.m. town hall scheduled in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Now we'll queue up the TV. And we'll see if that is, in fact, what happens. Because if he does drop out today at 5 o'clock, I want to take it live. <laughs> I just do. I, I do. Come on. You know you want to hear it, don't you? After all this, obviously. I haven't taken a, really a second of, of his campaign. But if he drops out live after this anti-Trump uh, tsunami mission that he's been on, this uh, kamikaze mission. Um. And I want to hear if he's going to back Nikki Haley. I mean, look, it's the only smart play he has, right? That's it. It's the only smart play. If you're Chris Christie, you have no other choice here. No other option. None. That's it. You better back her today. Otherwise, it's going to look like, you know, you are um, on the fence. And uh, I don't know. It just seems like if the guy wants a political future, his only chance is to help the Republican establishment beat the guy that he once called his best buddy, Donald Trump. But if I were Nikki Haley, I'd be careful because Chris Christie four years from now might be trashing her. So I'd be uh, careful if I were her. But nevertheless, I'm sure she'll work out a deal with him. You know, you could be my AG if I win. You could be something. I don't think running mate. I don't really think he gives her anything. But but nevertheless, we'll see what happens in uh, just about an hour. Uh, and I spend a lot of time in my opening monologue about why the establishment wants to stop Donald Trump so badly, what they'll do, and they'll do anything they can to do it. Anything they possibly can, obviously. But let's begin with uh, a little bit of Hunter Biden, shall we? So first of all, Nancy Mace, you heard the clip in the news, but it's worth playing again. Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and she's single now, guys. Nancy Mace came out and said uh, Hunter Biden should be hauled off to jail right now. She also said Hunter Biden, um, it's amazing he lacked the cojones. She used the actual B word for that, but nevertheless, cut number one. You know, Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deliberately. You did so flagrantly. You showed up on the Hill, on the Senate side, the day of that congressional subpoena to defy it and spit in the face of this committee. That's what you did. The question the American people are asking us is, what is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for a a congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just a PR stunt to you. This is just a game that you are playing with the American people. You're playing with the truth. Um, Hunter Biden wasn't afraid to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder when he was in elected office. He wasn't afraid to trade on the Biden brand, peddle influence, and share those ill-gotten gains with members of of his family, including Joe Biden. He wasn't afraid to compromise the integrity of the presidency and vice president by involving Joe Biden's shady business deals with our foreign adversaries. But Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition. And you still can't today. Um, I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now. Because it wasn't long ago, two of my friends on the other side of the aisle 
um, that you also believed in the, the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all, you believed in holding those who refused to comply with a congressional subpoena accountable. And I stood with each and every one of you. I am the only member in this room today who has held a member of my own party in contempt of Congress for not showing up for a subpoena. And I see nothing but complete hypocrisy on the other side of the aisle. The ranking member of this committee even so eloquently put it, the lesson is please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena to go before Congress, go. You have a legal responsibility to do so. So the hypocrisy is stunning. What are we to tell our children today? There's nothing the other side can say with a straight face. As the only member of this committee to vote to hold a member of contempt of my own party, let me be clear, this should not be a partisan issue. If Congress issues a subpoena, you show up, period. This is not a responsibility we take lightly. It brings no joy for us to do this, but the president's son broke the law and must be held accountable in the same way anybody else would. I urge my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to do so. And my last message to you, Hunter Biden, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And will will the gentle lady yield for a question? Will, will the gentle lady yield? Will my friend yield from South Carolina? This is Jamie sure. Raskin here. Um, I, I do want to commend the gentle lady who was the only Republican who stood up uh, and voted to hold in contempt the Republican members of the House who blatantly and categorically refused to comply with subpoenas that came from the bipartisan January 6th committee. I would like to ask my friend Ms. Mace from South Carolina um, whether she's aware of all the case law which says that the committee has to engage in good faith Now let's, uh, let's jump in here for a second here. So for, first of all, it's important to know that as much as I, I'm glad Nancy May said everything she said, this, the problem with, see, Republicans will every now and then do these kind of virtuous things, like vote against their own party and things like this. It gets you nothing. It gets you nothing. Because Democrats will not do the same against their own. That, you notice is that Democrats just rally the wagon. They circle the wagons and they just rally. It's all every time. They always do this. And you have Republicans that cross the aisle and vote against their own. And then what happens? They, the Democrats will then sing and dance and jump in, up and down and say why it's different. So yeah, Nancy Mace's point is correct. I mean, yeah, look, I voted to hold Republicans in contempt for not showing up. And then Jamie Raskin is going to go on a long tirade about why it's different because Hunter Biden showed up. And her point is, but he didn't show up for the closed-door deposition. But you see, this is why you can't win with these people. So why bother? Why, why vote with Democrats ever? What does it get you? Nothing. They're not going to return this. And I've said this a million times. If you cross the aisle and vote with Democrats, whether it's passing a budget, whether it's for uh, Ukraine, whether it's for holding your own members in contempt, impeaching Donald Trump, whatever it is, you'll get five minutes of positive press about your bipartisan courage. And then when the shoe's on the other foot, do not expect them to do the same. Do not expect Democrats to cross the aisle and go after their own. They don't do it. They won't do it because they're smart politically. And they understand that as a party, you just have to stick together here. That's it. Bottom line. So what did Nancy Mace get for her courageous lone vote against Republicans and holding them in contempt? Nothing. And the Democrats are not going to vote to hold. Maybe this guy Moscow would say, will, but that's it. He's maybe one. One person 
will vote to hold Hunter in contempt? One Democrat, maybe? That's it? I mean, come on. You know what I mean? It's like, give me a break. What do you get? What do you get by crossing your own party? Nothing. It gets you nothing. Here is uh, Hunter Biden slamming out of the, uh, storming out of the House Oversight Committee hearing, just as Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene begins to speak. Cut to. Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, apparently, you're afraid of my going? words. Whoa. Uh, here goes. <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Kind of burst their bubble. <laughs> wow, that's too bad. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. Yep. What a coward is right. And then um, at that point, Jamie Raskin, and I did not have this on my 2024 hellscape bingo card, starts going after Marjorie Taylor Greene and blames her for the reason why Hunter left, because she showed pictures from his laptop. Marjorie Taylor Greene had the audacity to show pictures from Hunter Biden's laptop of Hunter Biden engaged in disgusting, disgusting sexual activities with hookers and snorting cocaine off the backsides of Russian hookers and all kinds of other things and orgies and everything else. And she had the audacity to share those pictures, even though they were on Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, this is Robert Garcia who says that about the D pics. Okay. I, I was only listening on the radio today. I couldn't hear, I uh, couldn't watch it. So this is uh, Congresswoman Robert Garcia. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I think it's um, it's really uh, interesting to hear the gentle lady from Georgia uh, speak about Hunter Biden leaving. And she is the person that showed nude photos of Hunter Biden in this very committee room showing showing pics in this committee room uh, of of Hunter D-pics, Biden. As what I have my said. five minutes, uh, gentle lady. And so I think it's really I think it's really ironic, hypocritical, uh, Quite shameful that uh, the, uh, the person who's complaining about somebody leaving when she's showing nude photos of him uh, to this committee, uh, it, it, showing nude photos of him to this committee in this, in this very room. And you also uh, talk about uh, decorum. You talk, you're talking about January 6th. Uh, you know, Ms. You know, um, Green, I was there with you when we went to the January 6th jail and when you were hugging, high-fiving, uh, uh, talking to and providing so much comfort and joy to the insurrectionists that attacked our capital, and you were in, in insurrectionists that attacked our capital, you were you were hugging and giving them all the support. Mr. That Chairman, you, that you the could. gentleman like has the time. Uh, stop the clock. Chair recognizes. So there you go, uh, showing D picks, and that's what he called them, D picks. I'll let you fill out the rest of the word there. Uh, why? Why? What's wrong with that? Marjorie Taylor Greene showed these pictures of the Hunter Biden laptop. What, what was the problem with that? I mean, I, I thought the laptop was Russian disinformation. So wasn't she just showing pictures of Russian disinformation? I don't understand. Or are you acknowledging that those were Hunter Biden's disgusting pictures? That he took those pictures of himself or someone, someone that he was having relations with took the pictures? Neither way, the pictures are there and they don't die. You know, the thing about pictures and videos is they live forever. 
especially when they're on laptops, that you turn into a Delaware computer repair shop and forget to pick up. The guy has certain rules in life, and one of those rules is if you have pictures of yourself snorting cocaine off a Russian hooker's backside, and it's on your laptop, and you bring it to a computer repair shop, pick up your laptop within the allotted period of time. I mean, that's just a simple rule of life. That's a basic life lesson 101. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. It's the least I can do for you is give you that life lesson. You impart that on your children, right? And one day they'll thank you. One day they'll say, Dad, thank you, because that time that I took pictures, high as a kite, snorting coke off a Russian hooker's backside, and had it on my laptop, and took the laptop in for repair, I almost forgot about it. I thought about your life lesson, and I went in there and got it. So thank you, Dad, for that. And also for getting me lots and lots of millions of dollars, because you're the vice president of the United States, and you were able to get the prosecutor of the company that I'm working for fired. So thank you also, thank you for that. So we had lots of different ways to thank your dad. But you see, Joe Biden didn't give Hunter that good advice. He just helped him with the making millions of dollars part. So, you know, I'm trying to help you as a parent, right? Learn from Joe Biden's failures, his missteps along the way. Uh, the, um, the lawyer for Hunter Biden, Abby Lowell, made a statement after the fiasco on Capitol Hill where Hunter Biden showed up, just showed up for a photo op. Apparently they're filming some documentary or something like that. And this is what his attorney said, cut three. Could you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me Boom. start again. Hunter Biden was and is a private citizen. <laughs> Despite this, Republicans... Wait, start that over again. Who was that reporter? Was that, who was that? I have no idea. Was that, uh, what's his name, Jenks from the old uh, Howard Stern show? What was his name? Captain I, Jenks? <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea, but he screams uh, throughout this little press briefing. There's no way that guy's affiliated with the Howard Stern show, but back in the day, they would have that one guy, I think it was him, who would go, remember, he was the one that asked, no, Stuttering John was the one who once asked Monica Lewinsky about Bill Clinton. Remember that? I he, do not. That was a very famous moment. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was that it could be because wait, jo- he ended up getting a job on Jay Leno's he show. Did. He did. He completely reinvented yeah. himself, much like Woke Howard Stern did. You know, Greg Stocker is the resident Howard Stern expert. I should ask him. Uh, pre woke, of course, pre pre woke. But um, and, and, and regardless, whoever that reporter is, I want to meet that man and shake his hand because it's a very good question. What kind of crack do you prefer? <laughs> like if I'm thinking about crack tonight, I'd like to take it from an expert. I ask people for wine recommendations all the time. You know what I mean? So let's say I'm going to go home and smoke some crack. I'd like to know what's a good brand of crack, right? Wouldn't you like to know? If I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a good Bordeaux. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, shame on me. I didn't even know there were different variations of crack. I, I we see that's the, the problem. The purity to it. I bet his connect has really pure stuff. Well, that's just it, right? You don't want to get Fugazi crack. You want the real deal, pure purity like break like walter white crack yeah if walter white made crack that's the kind of level of purity you want i think it's a legitimate question i think that they're rude for not helping this guy out he's supposed to go home and do some crack tonight you know what i mean <laughs> well he shouted several more times during this clip maybe you'll get an answer all right 
I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Let me start again. Hunter Biden was and is a private citizen. Despite this, Republicans have sought to use him as a surrogate to attack his father. And despite their improper partisan motives, on six different occasions since February of 2020, Why don't you answer the question? It's a legitimate question. What kind of crack do you prefer? I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend who wants to smoke some crack tonight, all right? Well, you're rude if I said, hey, give me a good uh, Merlot recommendation. Well, I would expect you to answer, you jerk. Am I right? Work with the House committees to see what and how relevant information to any legitimate inquiry could be provided. Our first five offers were ignored, and then in November, they issued a subpoena for a behind-closed-doors deposition, a tactic that the Republicans have repeatedly misused in their political crusade to selectively leak and mischaracterize what witnesses have said. What are you going to do when the House... Last fall, Chairman Comer made an explicit offer that people like Hunter and had, like him, the option to attend a deposition or a public hearing, whichever they chose. Hunter chose a hearing where Republicans could not distort, manipulate, or misuse that testimony. Honored, and then ignoring that invitation and proving once again. All right. Well, you're ignoring the question, which is what kind of crack do you prefer, which is a very legitimate question and quite helpful if you ask me. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. Listen, there are ways to lose weight. Yes, crack is one of them. So is heroin. But so are these shots that they have now. Well, they are. I'm just saying what heroin chic. Oh, please, like you haven't thought about heroin to lose weight. <laughs> like a supermodel. Don't get all hoity-toity on me. But those things come with side effects, you know? Just a little drawback. Yeah, some, some drawbacks. Plus, I don't know if heroin chic is still a thing. It was big in the 90s. What was that, who was that model? What was her name? Um, Kate Moss, Moss right? Yeah. yeah, Kate Moss. She uh, didn't end well for her. No, it did not end. What happened to her career? I think she's still alive and she's still a model, but she looked pretty rough for a long period of time. She got so skinny you couldn't see her anymore. She just became invisible. She's still around. You literally see through her. She's translucent. The other option are shots, hormones, prepackaged food. All of it's terrible, so don't use any of it because they all have their own side effects. But with NJ Diet, you will lose weight the right way, the safe way, the all-natural way. 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva, along with bioenergetic scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat-burning zone. Then, NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. Don't take shots the rest of your life. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, naturally, quickly and safely with NJ Diet. No hormones, no prepackaged foods, no shots. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. So call 855-5-NJ-DIET, 855-5-NJ-DIET, or schedule your consult today 
at NJDiet.com. You can do this. And NJ Diet will help. And you'll lose the weight for good, guaranteed, with NJDiet.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. New Jersey Governor Chris Former. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will be dropping out of the race at 5 p.m. tonight. I've confirmed with my sources in New Jersey politics. Most of these guys don't know a damn thing, but they certainly pretend like they do. Anyway, uh, he'll be making this major announcement in New Hampshire at 5 p.m. We'll take it live for you because I think you'll have a certain sense of glee. <laughs> Shot in Freud, as they call it. And that will, um, that will happen in about 30 minutes from now. He'll be dropping out of the race. The question is, is he going to endorse Nikki Haley? And if not today, then when? That's the only other question. I mean, he doesn't have another pathway here for himself other than to back Nikki Haley. So does he do it today? Does he do it tomorrow? Does he do it next week? I mean, I don't see, like, I am in no way, shape, or form involved in his campaign. But I guess the question would be, if you're advising him, and you're telling him that you're going to, and you know he's going to drop out in 30 minutes, why don't you just tell him to back Haley and get it over with? So she can use that tonight in the debate against DeSantis. I, I mean, I, what, what, what benefit is there for you to wait a couple days or do it next week? Or, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get out of the race, get out of the race, and, and, and back her. Unless typical Christie style, he wants to be on the stage with her and do a big hoopla thing like he did with Trump back in 2016. I, maybe that. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I have no way of knowing these things. But either way, this um, is the end for the former governor, who never had a chance in hell anyway. I mean, zero chance. There was never a pathway for Christie. I I think a big part of it, too, is to go from being the guy who backed Trump, the first establishment Republican to back Trump. And you get all this blowback back then. I remember when Meg Whitman, no relation to Christie Whitman, another useless establishment hack, uh, but Christy Whitman also herself, the former New Jersey governor and former EPA administrator, who told us that the air over ground zero was fine to breathe, despite the fact that so many people like my father have tremendous 
health effects. People have died, first responders who were there that day and the subsequent weeks and months afterward. But anyway, um, they were all angry at Christie for backing Trump back then. I mean, furious with him. I think Meg Whitman at the time wrote a, a big op-ed calling out Chris Christie. The establishment was furious. But he said he's my friend of 12 years. What was I going to do? My friend of 13 years. My friend of whatever. I mean, if you, if you read his book, he goes on a lot about his friendship with Donald Trump. When he and I had the book event together back in, I think it was 20, I don't know, 2018, whenever it was. It was at the, I think it was at the Broadway Theater in Pittman. Maybe that's where I was with Levin. I forget. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is that he wound up outing me as Trump's debate coach in that book, which was fine. It was okay. But we did a book event together and, you know, it was... We had peace in the land. He and I have always had a very complicated relationship, to say the least. Known him a long time. But we were on the same team. We were on Trump's team, and that's the end of it. Uh, to go from that to, be, to literally running this anti-Trump crusade, and what about Trump changed that would, force, that would cause you to do such a 180? And the reality is nothing. I mean, as, as disgusted as you might be with January 6th, as disgusted as you might be with Trump denying the election results, so what? I mean, it's a difference of opinion. You, you could be disgusted at January 6th, but you could still say, well, but he didn't cause January 6th. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go there. Ray Epps told people to go in the Capitol building, not Trump. I mean, think about that. Of the two people, of, of Donald Trump versus Ray Epps, Ray Epps told people to go to the Capitol building. Trump didn't. But anyway, the point is that what I think it just looked phony to people. I really do. I mean, my analysis of this is just that Christie looked phony. Like, it looked self-serving and looked like a fraud. You know, the guy's cushy gig on ABC News, and he was the weekend guy, and, you know, with the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos, and he's joking around with the ladies on The View and everything, and, oh, sure, they love you when you hate Trump's guts, but what about Trump change for you besides January 6th? I mean, he goes, oh, when he's, I remember Christie said this, he said, when Trump said, we're going to build that wall, Mexico's going to pay for it, I knew it was a lie. Well, if you knew it was a lie, why'd you back him for president? Why were you the first mainstream Republican to back Donald Trump for president? Why? I was with him at Mar-a-Lago back in March for that debate prep session prior to the Miami debate. Christie was there. And um, I wish I could tell you some of the jokes Trump made, but I can't because <laughs> I can't. I really can't. I'll do that in an event sometime, but not on the radio. Anyway, the point is, his policies were great. You helped a, a lot of, I mean, you advised him on a lot of those policies. In fact, Chris Christie played an integral role in Donald Trump, I think, making a uh, very positive change in America's course on the war on drugs. Chris Christie, to his credit, and Trump was always sympathetic to this notion, said, you know what? People who are addicted should not be treated as criminals. They should be treated as people who need help. Hunter Biden's a great example of that. Nobody, nobody's going after Hunter Biden today for his drug use. You know, that's another lie the media told. I, I think some Democrat today was whining at the committee hearing about going after a poor Biden family member who had struggled with addiction, blah, blah, blah. That's not why anyone's going after Hunter Biden. Stop it. Stop it, you silly fool. You know that. They're going after Hunter Biden for his corruption, not because of his drug use. 
But anyway, Trump uh, changed a lot of those policies, and then he, he also commuted the sentences of a lot of people who were in prison for drug use. And Chris Christie helped craft all that. Chris Christie was by his side for that, uh, by his side during a lot of things during COVID, uh, advised Trump on a number of different issues over the years. So when you come out, you go from that to then running a campaign, not of a contrast, of saying, I think I'd be better, but saying that this guy is the wor- he's the he's the devil, he's the embodiment of pure evil and everything else. People look at that and go, I don't know, man, I, it, I'm having a hard time buying this because you told us in 2016 that, that he was your friend for 12 years, 13 years, whatever it was, and that that's why you were backing him. You said that. You said, I got no choice but to back my friend of 12 years. You read his book. He talks all about how uh, when he was United States attorney for New Jersey, he and Mary Pat went out to dinner at Trump Tower at a very fancy restaurant there. And at the end of the night, uh, Trump and Melania left. They had to leave early or something. And and uh, waiter comes over with the bill and says, Mr. Trump took care of it. And Christy tells a story about how he said, you can't. I'm the, US, I'm the United States attorney for New Jersey. You can't buy my dinner. I have to pay for my dinner. I have to pay for it. And all these stories about Trump and him being buddies and, you know, as governor of New Jersey and, and Trump having a presence in Atlantic City and Trump and the Republican Party in New Jersey. So to go from that, it'd be one thing if you didn't know the guy, right? You didn't know the guy from Adam, but in 2016, you thought this is the guy and you got duped. Okay. But if you, if your reason for backing him in the first place was your long relationship with him, and then you back him for president, you, you are in his core campaign world. I'm telling you, there were only a few people at that table that day in March of uh, 2016. And he was one of them. You're in that core circle. And you're Italian. And you pride loyalty above all else. And it's not like Trump gets in there and then cuts you out. I mean, you're, you're in the White House. You're, you're there all the time. Your people are there. Bill Steppi and your former campaign manager becomes the White House political director. You get a pardon. For the chairman of the Ocean County Republican Party for tax evasion, who helped you become governor of New Jersey. You, you helped, the, you did that, and Trump grant, granted him a pardon, among other people, by the way, who Christie helped get pardons for. So to go from that to then turning around and being like, but now I can't, now I think he's pure evil and he's Satan himself. People are just, they don't buy it. You know what I mean? It sounds self-serving. Just like it, in hindsight now, it looks like 2016 was entirely self-serving. And this is the problem with Chris Christie's entire campaign strategy here. All you do now is make it seem like what you did in 2016 was purely and utterly self-serving for your own personal gain, which is to back Trump, not because he was your friend, not because you knew him personally, not because you trusted he'd do a good job, but because you thought it was the best way for you to become attorney general. And when you didn't get attorney general, you were upset and then you didn't forget that, even though you were offered all these other things and you held it against them. And then you saw your opportunity to be the anti-Trump guy. But unfortunately for you, the establishment wasn't interested because you had already burned that bridge in 2016. See, again, this is what this is what I can't understand here. He's a, he, Chris Christie is a very bright guy. I mean, obviously, he was elected governor of New Jersey. He's a blue state. He was a Republican. He got elected twice. 
is a bright guy, but what I can't figure out here is what you were thinking, what, what the strategy was. You, you knew that the establishment was angry with you in 2016 for being the first mainstream Republican to back Donald Trump and give him all this legitimacy. So why, why would you think now that the establishment was going to circle their wagons around you just because you had this big epiphany? And the big epiphany that you had was not based on you uh, because you didn't know the guy very well and you were just duped. The big epiphany was because your friend of 12 years now, 16, 17, 18 years, you just don't like him anymore. February 28th, 2016, Meg Whitman assails Chris Christie for backing Donald Trump. Meg Whitman, the Hewlett Packard executive, who was a top supporter of Chris Christie's presidential campaign on Sunday, criticized Mr. Christie for supporting Donald Trump, assailing him for political opportunism and calling on Mr. Trump's other supporters and donors to walk away from him. The comments from Ms. Whitman came in a statement to NBC News two days after Christie made a surprise endorsement of Mr. Trump, someone the governor had previously suggested was ill-prepared to become president. Mr. Christie, a former chairman of the Republican Governors Association, has since reached out to other elected officials and called his donor network to seek more establishment support for Mr. Trump. What she said at the time was Chris Christie's endorsement of Donald Trump is an astonishing display of political opportunism. She was the national finance co-chair of the Christie campaign. Donald Trump is unfit to be president. He is a dishonest demagogue who plays to our worst fears. Trump would take America on a dangerous journey. Christie knows all that and indicated as much many times publicly. The governor is mistaken if he believes he can now count on my support. And I call on Christie's donors and supporters to reject the governor and Donald Trump outright. I believe they will. For some of us, principle and country still matter. Now. What makes you think after that, your endorsement of Trump in February of 2016, which you justified as he's your friend, you know him personally, you know he's going to do a great job because you know him, but you tell us now that you knew a lot of what he said was a lie, but you still backed him anyway and pretended like all that stuff was true, even though you thought it was going to be a lie anyway. Why would you think now that anybody's going to believe you? And not look at this as purely opportunistic. What makes you think that the establishment would take you back? I just can't figure it out. I, I really can't. I don't know. I don't know who came up with this ridiculous strategy. It's a disaster. It'll go down, in my opinion, as one of the worst political campaigns in political history. Really, truly. I mean, this 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 go around for Christie will go down as that. And that's what is going to be his swan song. No, he's too smart for that, which is why I'm sure he'll back Nikki Haley. It's just a matter of time. Whether he does it today at 5 o'clock, which would be the smart play, or he does it some other time, he's going to back her. He has no choice. What, what's his other path? Back to Santos? What, what does that get you? Tell, tell everybody you were just kidding and you really love Donald Trump. He's, he's still your friend. This whole thing was just a big ruse. And at that point, people would just say, well, and we don't believe anything you say, so it doesn't matter. I mean, this is this was such a disastrous political strategy by an otherwise very politically smart guy. And I don't know who the hell crafted this. I don't know who sat down in his in his circle and said, here's the playbook. 
you're going to do a complete 180 and tell everybody that you you had it wrong. You you were wrong in 2016. You got it wrong. And they should trust your judgment now, even though you got it wrong then. And you knew he was lying then, but you told everybody he was telling the truth. You're going to admit that now. And everybody's going to believe you now. What a terrible strategy. You're going to you're going to anger every Trump supporter because you were on his team. You're going to look like a fraud. You're going to look like you are self-serving. The establishment people are still angry at you for backing Trump in the first place and giving him legitimacy in February of 2016. They're not taking you back. So what what is what are you doing? What is your what is your strategy here? Anyway, it's a strategy of disaster. And it's brought to you by that is our big story of the day today. The strategy is not brought to you by the big story of the day today is brought to you by VenariaDental.com, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. I had my dental cleaning today. My teeth are nice and clean and fresh. <laughs> and he'll give you a great smile as well. Just go to VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. A uh, lot to chat about as we await the big Chris Christie announcement in 15 minutes. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All righty, 855-839-1210. Um, I'll play this for you. Let's go back in, uh, go back in the Wayback Machine, shall we? We'll uh, go back to 2016 when Chris Christie took the stage and endorsed Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing this out to you because, look, on days like today when you've got the intersection of local and national politics, and you are fortunate enough to be here for my analysis of this, when I personally know both of these two people, both Chris Christie and Donald Trump, and I was in the room with both of them for debate prep sessions, and I was there. So you have kind of a bird's eye view of this. But beyond that, I knew Chris Christie before he was governor. I knew Chris Christie before he was U.S. attorney. I, I, I've known him since he was... Uh, he had just been a, at the time, they called them freeholders, but he was what they're now called county commissioners of Morris County, New Jersey, where he um, lost his reelection bid and came in last place. I think it was like six out of six or something. Anyway, he wound up becoming a big donor for George W. Bush. He became United States attorney for New Jersey. And he did great things as U.S. attorney, he did great things, he put away a lot of corrupt people and a couple of overzealous prosecutions here and there, but he certainly built up his his uh, political cachet uh, as governor. I would say it ended on a pretty sour note. He ticked off just about every cop. Um, no, every every police officer in the state of New Jersey and um, the whole Bridgegate thing. There's that little minor asterisk, but his handling of Sandy was 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 excellent. And there was the whole thing with Obama on the beach, which it wasn't so much the backslap or the hug or whatever it was. It was more about the fact that when he was asked the question, Mitt Romney and coming to campaign, he said, don't know, don't care, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then Obama comes and he just looked, it looked very self-serving. Then he speaks of the Republican National Convention and it was like all about him. Remember in 2012 it was all about him. And 2016 comes around. He he's this anti-Trump candidate for a short period of time. And then he comes out and surprises everybody on February, whatever, of 2016 and says this. Okay, Chris. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Um, 
I am proud to be here to endorse Donald Trump for President of the United States. Uh, I'm doing this for a number of reasons. Uh, first is uh, that Donald and I, along with Melania and Mary Pat, have been friends for over a decade. Uh, he has been a good and loyal friend to our family, as we have been to he and his family. And over the years, we've had a lot of wonderful times together. Um, done a lot of good together for not only the people of the state of New Jersey, but for many charities that we've worked with and on together. Um, and I, have, I absolutely appreciate him as a person um, and as a friend. Secondly, I've been on that stage. I've gotten to know all the people on that stage. Um, and there is no one who is better prepared to provide America with the strong leadership uh, that it needs, both at home and around the world, um, than Donald Trump. Uh, he is, looking at the five people on that stage last night, um, the clear standout um, and the person who will do exactly what needs to be done to make America um, a leader around the world again. He'll provide strong, unequivocal leadership. He will do what needs to be done to protect the American people, first and foremost, both in the homeland um, and in creating jobs for this country. And he will make sure that people around the world know that America keeps its word again. Donald Trump is someone who, when he makes a promise, he keeps it. I've experienced that over my uh, long friendship with him. And what the American people and our allies around the world are going to understand is that Donald Trump is someone who keeps his word, and that means America will keep its word again. Um, third, there is no doubt in my mind, uh, and I've been saying this right from the time I entered the campaign, that the single most important thing for the Republican Party is to nominate the person who gives us the best chance to beat Hillary Clinton. I can guarantee you, that the one person that Hillary and Bill Clinton do not want to see on that stage come next September is Donald Trump. They know how to run the standard political playbook against uh, junior senators um, and run them around the block. They do not know the playbook with Donald Trump because he is rewriting the playbook. He is rewriting the playbook of American politics because he's providing strong leadership that's not dependent upon the status quo. And so uh, the best person to beat Hillary Clinton in November on that stage last night is undoubtedly Donald Trump. And so I am thrilled to be here this morning uh, to lend my support. I will lend my support between now and November in every way that I can for Donald to help to make this campaign an even better campaign than it's already been, and then to help him do whatever he needs to do to help to make the country everything that we want it to be for our children and grandchildren. Um, he's a good friend. He is a strong and resolute leader. Um, and he is someone who is going to lead the Republican Party to victory um, in November over Hillary Clinton, which is the single most important thing we can do. So I thank him for his friendship. Um, I thank him for um, all the kindnesses that we've shared with each other over the years. But more importantly than that, I thank him for leaving the private sector, for seeing that there was a need for strong leadership in this country, and for being willing to step out of the private sector and come and offer himself for public service and for leadership in this country at a time when our party and our nation so desperately needs it. So I'm happy to be on the Trump team, and I look forward to working with him. Thank you, sir. Thank you. As you go from that to this guy is, is pure evil, Satan, the, wor the worst person to ever exist. Yeah, look. You don't like the guy anymore. Maybe I'm old school. I don't know. Maybe it's the Italian to me. You just keep your mouth shut. You were in the you were in the inner circle. You know, it's one thing to support somebody and change your position. You were in the inner circle. You were in the sanctum. It was like a, I, never, I never saw the play Hamilton, although I hear it's great. But this whole thing about you know being in the room. You were in the room on multiple occasions. 
not only in the in the campaign, but in the White House. So to go from that to then this guy who was my friend and my buddy and me and his wife and my wife and we're all he's a great guy. Did you go from that to that makes people think it's as disingenuous as it gets, period. And that's the reality. So we'll 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 hear him now trash Trump, I'm sure, in a few moments as he announces he's dropping out of the race. And we'll see if he endorses Nikki Haley. And if I were Nikki Haley, I'd be very, very careful. I'd watch my back as Julius Caesar has taught us well. We'll be right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. We are moments away from former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie dropping out of the race for president. The question is, will he endorse Nikki Haley or will he wait? Welcome back to the show. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And the House Republicans have voted to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. That is the big story brought to you by our friend, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. I had my cleaning with Dr. Venaria today, and uh, he's a great guy. So please make your appointment to see him as soon as possible. All right. So as we're waiting on Chris Christie's town hall to begin for the end of his campaign, which I assume they'll take live on Fox News. I hope so. Because uh, I want to bring it to you live. I think you'd like to hear it. I think we all would. So we'll do that. Um, in the meantime, though, the end is also near for Governor Ron DeSantis. And like I said, I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I told you early on when he got in the race, I was not going to start with the whole... Because I, I, I said we are a million years away in political lives from New Hampshire and from Iowa. You remember I said this back then when, when, when DeSantis got in the race. I said that. I told you that. I said, we're a long way from that. So let's everybody cool our jets and not start hating each other just yet. Because a lot of Trump supporters are going to be welcoming him back into the fold if it doesn't work out that way. And that's, that may be the way it works out. And here we are, Iowa, New Hampshire. I hate to say I was right, but I was right. And DeSantis is not going to make it past uh, Iowa. Uh, so... But he has a political future. He's going to back Donald Trump and uh, all will be well. Trump will welcome him back into the fold and DeSantis will campaign hard for him and he'll be he'll be a 2028 contender. And obviously that's that's if the time from when DeSantis got in the race with that ill-fated Twitter announcement to now is a million years in political lives. That's a billion years in political lives from now until 2028. It's a billion years away. So you can't make any predictions, but other than that, it will redeem DeSantis in the eyes of Trump supporters. No, no doubt about it. That's that's what that's what will happen. And good for him. But it's over and he knows it's over and his people know it's over and they've known it's over for a while, which is why the establishment switched from the anti-Trump establishment switched from DeSantis to Nikki Haley uh, sometime around late October, 
mid-October like that. They just realized his numbers weren't moving. They were investing too much money in him, and they said, we got to back a different horse. That's what happened. But anyway, his comment last night about Biden doing a lot behind the scenes to kneecap Israel is exactly correct. Cut number five. What's your reaction to President Biden saying that he's pushing Israel to get out of Gaza, and then today the White House saying, no, 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 there's no change in policy? Well, look, Israel is a rock-solid ally of ours. They're the strongest ally we have in the Middle East. Uh, As president, I will stand with Israel in word and in deed, in public and in private. And what Joe Biden is doing, he's got a schizophrenic policy because he first said he was for Israel, then he's got his far left who doesn't like Israel, so he's kind of bouncing back and forth and behind the scenes, they're doing a lot to try to kneecap Israel. The October 7th attack represented more Jews being killed than at any time since the Holocaust. Israel's not just fighting a run-of-the-mill enemy, they're fighting an enemy that wants a second Holocaust, that wants to wipe them off the map. So not only they have a right, they have a responsibility to protect their people and end Hamas once and for all. So as president, they're going to have my support. Uh, They're in a very tough neighborhood, but they are a strong and valued ally of the United States of America. His uh, town hall meeting last night on Fox News was also interrupted by chanting lunatic protesters. (laughs) Uh, of course, because why not? Cut number six. How are you going to address this? Well, I think this is actually a way I can take both the first and the second part of your question, uh, because, you know, I think it is important to stand for a culture of life. I'm the only one running that has actually enacted protections for the sanctity of life. I'm the only one that's been able to do that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And you learn with these people, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you guys, that was a mistake. You guys didn't get that one right. Okay. So, so I do think it's important to. Um... All right. Now, a couple other thoughts on, um, on the Bidens. All right. So I, I told you there's two scenarios how this plays out, right? Scenario number one is uh, Trump's the nominee. And they know that Joe Biden will lose to Donald Trump. And they cannot tolerate that. The swamp, the establishment cannot tolerate that. They have to get Joe Biden out of the race. What they will do to get him out is they will they will lean hard on Hunter Biden, forcing the president no choice but to pardon his son under the guise of, I've got to save my son. I can't have him fall back into drug use and die. And I've got to be father of the year. And I know this is... The end of my reelection, but sometimes you got to put family first and that's it. And then and then it all goes away. All the Biden crime stuff goes away forever. It's it's gone. It's over. They can't go after other Biden family members because of statute of limitation issues. Statute, not a statue. So then it's over. And then Joe Biden gets to ride out his uh, his golden years as the guy who put his son first. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is it's not Trump. It's Nikki Haley. In which case they say, we can live with Nikki Haley because she'll stay in, she'll keep Ukraine. She'll keep, we will be in the war in Ukraine and the establishment can live with that. So then Joe Biden will stay in the race and then it'll be Biden versus Haley. That, those are the two scenarios that will play out here. If the first scenario, which as of right now, based on polling is much more likely to happen, which is that Trump becomes a nominee, then they have to get Biden out. They have to get Biden out of the race. I'll give you an example. I mean, in terms of just the support, I mean, you think about voters who this assumption that they've uh, Trump's lost all these people because Chris Christie, you know, 
Mika Brzezinski this morning on Morning Joe. I mean, she could not believe it beside herself. So Kornacki gets up there. Steve Kornacki has got his khakis on. And just for the record, Big Dan, Dom's producer, I'm not wearing khakis today. I'm wearing jeans that happen to be khaki color. There's a big difference. You know, Steve Kornacki gets his khakis at Gap. He actually wears like Gap khakis. I don't wear khakis. I refuse to wear khakis. I'm anti-khaki pants. Anti. The look still still looks the same. But it's, these are jeans, though. This is denim. I'm wearing denim. It's khaki color. Khaki's a color. I, I understand. But the khaki's also khakis. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, but you still got the look to you right now. What's the look? The Kornacki look. I got the Kornacki look, the blue yeah. shirt and the khakis. Yeah, you've been raising your arms up and down. You're wearing the blue shirt, the khaki colored pants. You do look like you're All, about to yeah. give us polling numbers. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, we need you in front of a big board with polling numbers going crazy. Or or I'm about to give you a charge for not rewinding your videotape at Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> because this was the uniform from Blockbuster back in the day. Yes. Khaki pants and a blue shirt. I think Kornacki used to work at Blockbuster. That's my theory. I have no proof. <laughs> But just like the style, just like the style, you know, uh, so these are khaki jeans. I just want to make the point. They're jeans that are khaki color and then a blue shirt. Yes. And I got this cool jacket here because I'm never making the mistake again of coming to the studio without wearing a shirt and a jacket. Since Fox News could call at any moment and ask me to be on just like the other night. Duty calls. Duty calls. I, I do like that jacket. That ja- jacket's very sharp. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that, Matt DeSantis. This is a uh, this is a custom made jacket. That I had from a fine Italian craftsman named Giuseppe in Italy. Actually, I got it at Gap Kids, but nevertheless, it was on sale. <laughs> I was going to say, did you get it from Giuseppe A. Bank? Yeah, or? Giuseppe A. Bank, right. <laughs> uh, but from now on, I'm going to make sure that I will always have a jacket and shirt and tie with me at all times in case Fox News were to call at any moment. Like what happened the other night when I was supposed to be on Jesse Waters' prime time. Now, I said that today, and I said that to our market manager, David Yagaroff, senior vice president, and he said, why don't you just keep a jacket, a shirt, and a tie in the coat closet at Odyssey? And I have to tell you, I had no idea we had one. Yeah, that's news to me. Did you know we had one? Did you? No. What? Breaking news. Hot mic, where? What what are you you watching? What are you listening to? What is that, though? What's the source of that? So we can put it on the air. Where? All right, so I guess Christy was just on a hot mic. What did he say? Saying how Nikki Haley's going to get smoked. Okay, so that all Ooh. right. So my my source here, our other senior vice president, Dave Skopovich, telling me that Christy was on a hot mic just moments ago. Can you? What do you got? What do you got for me? Anything? So I, I have the C-SPAN website up, and they just have that Christy's about to make his announcement, but they're not actually uh, rolling on. So where was? Yet. What was the source of that hot mic? Is what I'm trying to understand. I don't know. Let me take a uh, a Twitter deep dive into this. If he said that, it should be uh, it should be trending. Uh, I don't see anything right now, but give me a minute. I'll try to hunt. All right, down. no problem. Anyway, can can you play the clip of Kornacki while you're uh, yes while you're waiting for that? that? So Kornacki was just uh, breaking down polling, showing evangelicals are turning towards Trump, and Mika Brzezinski could not believe it. She was just flummoxed by this. Could not believe it. Cut number seven. So with less than a week to go until the Iowa caucuses, new polling shows former President Trump making larger inroads with two key groups when compared to 2016. Evangelicals and first-time caucus goers. 
NBC News national political correspondent Steve Gornacki is with us from the big board. Steve, what are the latest polls showing us about Trump's gain with these two groups? I'm just, I, I'm, I have no words for evangelical voters at this point. It, it's a just in terms of the numbers on this, I'll show you here in a second. It is a dramatic uh, pick your adjective, dramatic turnaround, I'll, I'll say since 2016 in terms of where Trump stands with the evangelicals. We've seen this nationally, and I think it's the biggest story in Iowa. Just as a refresher, eight years ago, Iowa caucuses, first time in the 2016, uh, first contest of the 2016 uh, process. Remember, Trump lost Iowa. He came in second to Ted Cruz. He barely held off Marco Rubio for third place. Remember, there were a couple days there after Iowa in 2016. People were saying, hey, maybe this Trump thing will all fall apart. He ended up winning New Hampshire, turning it around. But the reason, the overriding reason that Donald Trump lost Iowa in 2016 is right here. This is the exit poll from the caucuses. This is the evangelical vote. About 64 percent of the Iowa Republican electorate in 2016 was evangelical. And look, Ted Cruz won it. He won it by double digits, 34 to 22 over Donald Trump. So Cruz with a double digit win among evangelicals. There was a lot of resistance, a lot of skepticism. Trump had some support with evangelicals, but Cruz was the candidate of the evangelicals in Iowa in 2016, and he won the state. So that was 2016. Our most recent NBC News Des Moines Register poll out of Iowa. This is about a month old, but this is what we've been seeing all year among evangelicals look at the turnaround trump who was losing by 12 to ted cruz now with an outright majority 51 percent of the evangelical vote basically two to one over his nearest foe ron DeSantis, nikki haley barely in double digits 51 percent yeah that, i mean look that that's uh, yeah I, look christy dropping out and backing haley helps haley in new hampshire the question is does it help after that because Trump has such a big lead nationally after that. So Michael Smirconish just tweeted out, did I just hear on a hot mic Chris Christie say Nikki Haley is going to get smoked? Apparently what he said, we're trying to get the audio for you now, but apparently what he said is, this is a hot mic, Christie's live streaming the withdrawal announcement on Twitter, and it got picked up on a hot mic a minute ago. All right, so... It hasn't started yet, though, right? It was just a hot mic? No. So okay. he's streaming this uh, announcement live on Twitter. Uh, evidently, a mic was hot. Do you have the audio yet? Not yet. Try and to I... search Twitter for it because yeah, it I'm is searching. out there. Somebody's, somebody's got to have a check. Um, I think Jamie had it. If you look on the uh, look under Smirconish's replies. I think I have it right now. Give me one second while I pull it up. He basically says sure Nikki that... Haley will get smoked. Yeah. Come on. You're, you're, a, you're a, what are you, a millennial? You're supposed to know how to do this stuff. I have it. It just—I mean—it happened 30 seconds ago, so it wasn't. You can't necessarily go back on those Twitter live streams. No, either. I tried. I tried to reverse it. It didn't work. Yeah, somebody had to clip it and then put it up, right? Yeah. All right. So, you, do you see that the audio clip that is I in that it. response? I'm just pulling it up right now. I want to make sure there's nothing, you know, oh, no post. In it. Yeah. Well, that's why we have a delay. We got a dump button for that. Well, we can roll the dice. I don't think there's. Yeah, let's just, roll the dice. Go right. ahead. Let's do. Let's do it. Well, it is a hot mic. So. That's right. Spent Go ahead. sixty-eight million so far, just on TV. Spent sixty-eight million so far. Fifty-nine million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight, and who's getting a return on their investment? You know, and she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even. 
She's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's going to he's still going to carry Iowa, right? Yes. Oh, he's, I, t- you know, I talked to DeS- DeSantis called me petrified that I would. He's probably getting out of that. OK, so then it cuts off right there. All right. Now, <laughs> that's a disaster for him because he's acknowledging that Nikki Haley is going to get smoked. Now, that was just on a hot mic. So if he comes out now and backs Nikki Haley, he's going to look as completely disingenuous and self-serving as when he backed Donald Trump and then flipped his support against Trump. It's going to look just as completely disingenuous and self-serving. He goes on to talk about how DeSantis spent all this money and and Nikki Haley spent all this money and she's going to get smoked. That's the key right there. She's going to get smoked. So at this point, I don't know how, if you're Chris Christie, you can come out and then back Nikki Haley without looking like a disingenuous fraud. Maybe he's doing the accidental text on purpose. I'm sorry, the what? The, The accidental text on purpose. How does that work? So it's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's an episode of Curb. That's immediately what I thought about when I heard that. It's a way that Larry like gets out of relationships with women is that he sends like an accidental text to the person oh. saying like something disparaging about the re- relationship and then fo- doing like a follow-up text later being like, oh, sorry, uh, didn't mean to send that to you. Re- that's a brilliant idea. He so might- you're saying he might have accidentally got caught in a hot mic <laughs> trashing Nikki Haley for oh. the purposes of then backing Nikki Haley? Yeah. I yeah, don't know why like that. that works. I don't though. know. I don't know why it works. I don't know. I don't know the strategy. I'm trying to. Look, I'm trying to understand the benefit of that. I, I don't know either. I personally, I was saying this. I was making this comparison because to in Larry, but 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 to the point of um, what uh, what's his name's doing on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David. Larry, yeah, Larry yeah. David. Thank you. He wants to get out of the relationship. Christie wants to be in the relationship with Nikki Haley. I don't know if he does. What if he doesn't? What if he? Well, if he doesn't, thing? he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to set himself up on a hot mic moment. He just doesn't know. have to endorse her. And he should have just stayed in the race. She would have had no chance of winning New Hampshire. That, that's the other point I don't understand. He's not trying to break up with Nikki Haley. This analogy's stupid. <laughs> Actually, the more what I do think I know about, about it, politics, it's a, it's a terrible analogy, Henry. <laughs> Odds are Christie's just sort of a, a fool. He's, uh, he's being Mike McCarthy. Now, what's, it, what's okay. that analogy? He's the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And every time he loses, he looks so dumb and stupid, and he's also right. a heavier set fellow. So it makes sense that, you know, Christy as a Cowboys fan would emulate his favorite coach, Mike McCarthy, and do something really stupid. Uh, that, uh, that, now that makes more sense. Okay. All yeah. right, now that, no, it doesn't. you've he's, redeemed yourself. He wanted to embarrass himself on the national stage so it could just Mike be Mc- more like Mike McCarthy, Mike, his favorite football coach. I'm not saying coach. he set no, out to do it, but he, yeah, right? subconscious. Yeah, subconscious. Just, I, yeah. I think Henry's on to something, Matt. Mike, I, Mike McCarthy isn't trying to lose those games. He just, you know, calls a timeout at the wrong time or something or lets the clock bleed. Also, maybe there's a little bit of um, uh, self-loathing going on with Chris Christie. If you could play it one more time for me, there's another observation I made here. I'm going to make spent 68 million so far just on TV spent 68 million so far 59 million by DeSantis and we spent 12 I mean who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment you know and she's going to get smoked and you and I both know it she's not up to this she hasn't even and she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire right yeah and, oh yeah and he's going to he's still going to carry out right yes always oh, I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me petrified that I would he's probably getting out of all right, now, do you need to make weight references if you're Chris Christie at that at that point? Do you think so? Because I'm also wondering too if it's a little bit of self loathing. Maybe this is all a self sabotage moment for him. He's so disappointed. He's making weight comments and he's getting caught in a hot mic at the same time, breaking up with the woman he is hoping that will 
take him on the ticket or take him into the attorney general's office. Complete self-destruction. Is this a self-destruction moment? Is Chris Christie just completely melting down at this moment? And where is, when is he starting the stupid town hall is my other question. It was supposed to start 15 minutes ago. I think Fox News just gave up on it I at mean, this point. He may have to pivot, though, if he was <laughs> yeah. announcing some sort of endorsement and <laughs> this hot mic. Is leak. there another woman in the race he can say he meant, uh, maybe, oh, he'll say he was talking about Marianne Williams. Could be. Nice save. Yeah. No, I meant the Democrat chick running against Biden. What's her name? <laughs> Marianne uh, Williams. Uh, I meant her. So he gets caught in a hot mic trashing Nikki Haley when his only hope of political redemption, the only chance he has at redeeming himself after this disastrous political campaign is to back Haley like he backed Trump and have Haley win and take him for the ride. And he just completely blew that opportunity on a hot mic. I mean, how is this happening? I feel like I'm dreaming right now. How does a guy this politically smart be this politically stupid? How does that happen? Who's he talking to in that moment? That's the other thing, too. We don't know. The screen's black, right? Uh, it's technically not a black screen. It just has his Christie presidential logo on it. Which but I there's no, you're not, you now. don't see who he's no, talking no, no, to in no, that yeah, moment. You can't see him. I mean, what a fall from grace. This is, this is, what, what a way to go out. Unbelievable, huh? What a way to go out. You trash the one person who gives you the opportunity to possibly, maybe, redeem your political future. And you just trashed her and said she's going to get smoked. So now what? You come out and you go, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so proud to endorse a woman who five minutes ago I just said is going to get smoked by Trump. And if, Or you pretend like it didn't happen, in which case then you look like an even bigger disingenuous fraud. I don't know what you do at this point. Other than we're waiting for this. What's going on in there? Stop. I'm being very... What's happening? Why are, why are you guys in there? I'm not supposed to say your name's on the air, yet you're coming in there. I have to zip it, but yet you're in, the, in this, my studio. This is my show. I could kick you out right now if I wanted to. What is happening? This is, <laughs> this is insane. Why, is, why are the corporate overlords in, in the studio right now? I, it's your show now. You've taken over. It's my show. You're like that. You're like the pirate in that movie. This, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now, and I can't say who it is because he told me not to. So fine, I'll respect that. But you're incredibly distracting, and I've nonstop talks, and I got a filter for eight minutes while we wait whether or not Chris Christie's going to actually come out and speak. Now he's probably trying to clean up the mess he just made. I would think it's got to be because he's now going on twenty minutes of delay. It was supposed to start around five oh five. Then that hot mic audio <laughs> went all over Twitter, and now he's nowhere to be found. Strange coincidence. And just for the record, that guy behind you, the one without the hair, he's the <laughs> one who brought the tweet to my attention. Just for the record. <laughs> you nearly adopted Christian. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, as we're waiting for that, let me share something else with you as we're waiting for Chris Christie to um, further destroy his political future. I can't believe this. I mean, as a guy who who's from Jersey politics and observed this guy for 20, I don't know, 25 years, I guess. To see how this happens, to see this, the way it ends like this. I mean, this is, you're, going, you're like, this can't be the end. This is the ending. This is how you're going to go out. Oof, this is bad. Um <clears throat> One of the members of Congress today, Benny Thompson, he was the guy who was the chairman of the J6 fiasco phony Russian committee. 
uh, as New York City students today were told to work, or I'm sorry, they had to be remote, and parents who had to deal with their kids, all of a sudden having last minute now having to be remote, now that's helpful if you got a job, right? Betty Thompson said today the quiet part out loud about Joe Biden. Now, we all know this. We all know that Joe Biden has open borders. This is what the Democrat Party wants. I've told you the contrast that exists in the Democrat Party today, which is that on the national level, they all want open borders. On the local level, it is the mayors and the, and the local Democrats who realize they don't have the resources for this. They can't deal with this, and they don't really want these people here. Up oh, here's Christy. Go ahead. Take it live. Here we go. Come on. Bring it up. Bring it up. Let's go. Bring it up. We're up in St. Anselm's in June to tell you why. Why we're in this race. And we're in this race to tell the truth. From the beginning, we've been in this race to tell the truth. Fact is that as we were watching this race come together, from where Mary Pat and I were sitting at home in New Jersey, we were really concerned that nobody would tell the truth in this race about what's really at stake. And no one would tell the truth about Donald Trump. No one would tell the truth about his divisiveness, his stoking of anger for his own benefit, him putting himself before the people of this country, myself included, who gave him the honor of being President of the United States from 2017 to 2021. Personal ambition is a necessary element for any political candidate. You gotta get out of bed in the morning and be able to really believe in your heart that you have something to offer to folks that's better and different. And so I have no argument with people who are involved in politics being ambitious. You need to have it. But it can't be what governs your decision making. Ambition can't be what makes you decide how to do things as a public figure. It could just be the fuel that gets you out of bed, that gets you in front of a room like this, that gets you on the phone raising money, that gets you working for people who you believe in, and gets you working for yourself. I made a political decision eight years ago when I dropped out of the race in 2016. I looked at the polls and I decided that Donald Trump was going to be the nominee and that since I'd known him for 15 years that I could make him a better candidate and if he won, maybe a better president. I knew his flaws, but I also knew he was going to win the nomination. So, so it was I totally self-serving that I would get yep. behind him and support Totally self-serving. That's who I you are. I let the ambition get ahead and in control of the decision-making. Mm-hmm. Like you've done your entire and political career. after I figured that out, oh, is this I my promised cot? myself and I promised my wife that I would never, ever do that again. And I'm not going to. You've done it your entire life. So oh, is this my cot? who have been in this race, who have put their own personal ambition ahead of what's right, they will ultimately have to answer the same questions that I had to answer after my decision in 2016. Your self-serving Those decision. Those questions don't ever leave. Okay. In fact, they're really stubborn. You know what else is stubborn? Hot mics. Hot mics are stubborn, aren't they? And so Oof. I know how I'm answering those questions. They're a stubborn thing. Am I right? 
I've never believed that Donald Trump was a foregone conclusion as our nominee in this race. And I knew that the case had to be made against him. Now, there are people in our party who are resigned to the fact that he was going to be the nominee, resigned with the fact that the case didn't even need to be made. Because Get it on be with it. Come on. Get on with it. They sat on the sidelines. And all they did was voice their opposition in private, behind closed doors. I know. You're so quietly, brave. You're so brave for doing it in public, right? So no one could hear. Yep. And that's not leadership, everybody. No, leadership is faking, lying like you did in 2016 to back a guy you didn't really like, right? Yeah, that's not hypocrisy. As a party, we need to be willing to take the responsibility for the part we've played in getting here. Our country is angry. When you endorsed him in 2016? It's divided. Oh, is this my cop? It's accomplishing little. And it is leading our citizens to be exhausted. Okay, get on with it. And you just look at what's happening. You've been saying this for months and it hasn't moved the needle. So go ahead. Come on. Good people who got into politics, I believe, for the right reasons. People like Senator John Barrasso. People like Congressman Tom Emmer. Stand up and endorse Donald Trump. They know better. I thought you knew better. I know they know better. Mm-hmm. People who continue to deny the results of the 2020 election. Yeah, maybe it's not. Okay, People so your theory right now is this just a gimmick to get him to on broadcast his dunks? Yeah. And yeah. Say that the people who attacked the Capitol. He's not going to actually drop out. He's going to just. Uh, he's going to pull a Leo in Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'll tell you who hostages are. And I, it'd the be the one smart thing his campaign has done. Being hidden. Be like, I was just going to hot mic. What'd you people think I was dropping out? <laughs> I'm out. Against their will, out of no fault of their own. He's six minutes in. These people speak louder for the folks Even the, the who students, the kids on the stage are looking at each other like, what the hell are we doing here? What is stand this? Stand up and speak for the people of Israel who are in tunnels in Gaza. That's not leadership. That's ambition and cowardice, which has outstripped their other. Christie has no money. He found a way to get national news coverage to and to get this party a national exposure of his Hampshire town hall. It's not easy. Okay. From the moment I got into the race, the decision that I made was really simple. Mm-hmm. I would rather lose by telling the truth than lie in order to win. And I feel no differently today because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. Also a fight for time. Why here. We gotta... have we resisted the calls to drop out of this race? Uh, uh. Because unlike some of the other candidates, we're fighting for something bigger than ourselves. Uh, is he not dropping we're out? We're fighting for something bigger than self-interest. We're fighting for something bigger than the next title. This is it. He's not saying past tense. He's saying in present tense. Enough titles to last me the rest of my life. Okay. U.S. attorney, governor. Freeholder. Husband. Freeholder. Father. Morris County freeholder. Son. Don't forget that. Brother. That was a big one. I had enough titles to last me for the rest of my life. Okay. We're fighting for something bigger. Come on. It's something that conventional wisdom thinkers just can't possibly understand. Are you dropping out, yes or no? And so they've been saying. <laughs> Is this a for scam weeks, to get national weeks, attention? 
Because you have no money. Polls that I should drop out of the race. Well, that I should get out. Yeah, for and that reason the smallness of the campaigns. Okay. Who spend more time arguing and worrying about? This is the longest breakup ever. I mean, this is the longest. It's not you. It's me. I've ever heard in my the life. Front runner. They spend all just say it's not you. Saying, it's it's me and and, and get, get out. out. Scott Please. should get out. Pence oh. should get out. Hutchinson should get out. Hutchinson Bergen should get out. They and their donors have Bergen. a different target every day to try to minimize the attention to their own campaign. Come on. How their own campaign is a campaign that doesn't play to win. It's a campaign that plays to not offend. Okay. I'm, I'm offended by the, how you're wasting Problems my time in our right country. Now. Come on. <clears throat> Get to it. And influx at our border. See, he knows the minute he says I'm dropping out, they're going to the cut problems away. with our enormous debt. The failures of our education system. Ugh. All of those things and much right more will not be solved by people who are too afraid to talk about what the real problems are. Ooh, Johnny Cook had a great point. If we ever have a hope, he could say restoring this that party, his hot mic moment be was. A governing party she's going to get smoked without my endorsement. We have to be willing to do the hard that's work. That's that's good spin, actually, and Johnny. Take some of well the heat done. that comes with it. Well done. We have candidates in this race who have run away from forums where they were afraid they were going to be booed. Okay. I run into the forums. Where I know I have I'm a Kool-Aid man image in my head right now. Because being booed like running for into the wall. The truth is a badge of honor. Okay. I'm proud. We're so proud of you. Of everything We're all proud we've of said you. and done. I said Morris County so Freeholder. Don Povia, I said Morris County And I'm County proud Freeholder. of all the people who have supported us and, and yes, are senior willing Trump campaign advisor and serve to do what needs to be uh, done and, uh, to uh, deputy the debate coach. our country. Because I was a debate coach. You were the deputy. Because in the coach. end, all those okay. issues that we've talked about the record. all the town halls. Oh, is this thing they're on? all really important. But they're no more important than the most important issue. What's that? And that is the character of the candidate. <sighs> okay. You don't know what's going to come across the next president's desk. Right. You think you can predict it, but you can't. Can't predict it. Nope. I can't predict no how long this George is going to go w. either. Bush or Al Gore. What they would do if four airliners were hijacked and flown into symbols uh, of American power and killing thousands of Americans. No one asked them that in New Hampshire in 2000. But I was glad we had a man of character sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office when that attack came. Because I knew George Bush would do everything he uh, needed to do. You said to that about Trump in 2016. And and he would do all the things he would do. Himself first. America first. I played you the speech. If 9-11 had happened... With Donald Trump behind the desk. Oh, come on. The first thing he would have done was run to the bunker to protect himself. I think the Secret Service would have taken him there. He would have put himself first before Bush the Bush was at a school. He wasn't even in and the White anyone House. anyone who is unwilling to say that he is unfit to be president of he the United States. He lost re-election from Morris County Freeholder, though, just for the record. to be president of the United States. And he was deputy debate coach. Campaigns are run to win. Right. That's why we do them. Okay. I see the chairman here uh-huh. in New Hampshire. He knows. Yeah. We run campaigns to win. Yes. My goal has never been to be just a voice okay. against the hate and the division and the selfishness All right. of what our party Here has we go. become Here we go. under Donald Trump. 
right? You're, you're it's also been to win. Okay. The nomination not and defeat the Joe Biden. Can't do that. And it's restore our happen. party and our country to a so new place of hope do. and optimism in this country. Uh-huh. I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal. Okay. That I would get out. All right. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people. Dozens of people are disappointed. Dozens. People who believe in our message and believe in what we've been doing. There are tens of us. I also know, though, it's the right thing All right. for me to do. Are you backing Haley now or not? Because I want to promise you this. I am going to make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Can somebody make a beach chair meme for this, please? Right, so Chris Christie, the former governor of Hi, Dana. New Jersey, who also ran for president in 2016. Uh, he is announcing that he is suspending his campaign. Basically, that means he is out of the GOP primary race. He made this announcement in New Hampshire at a scheduled town hall. This news was sort of percolating throughout the afternoon. He made it official. Don't cut Dana now. Off, We'll do a quick round before we get on to our other subjects. Greg. That was All right. Um, we'll monitor this and see if he endorses Nikki Haley or not. I mean, uh, again, he was caught in a hot mic trashing her. So I don't know. Somebody said, <laughs> why is he praising Bush? He already bought his U.S. attorneyship. He doesn't need to keep brown nosing. <laughs> it's very good. The best part about the text messages that I'm getting right now is that they're all my former Republican colleagues in New Jersey politics that are the people that are making fun of him the most. Oh, man, this is awkward. Okay. Uh, once again, he was caught in a hot mic moment. Johnny Cook, though, on Twitter has the way that he can spin that by saying she gets smoked without my endorsement. But this is what Christie said before he started this long, rambling dissertation about why his former friend Donald Trump is the devil incarnate. Uh, take a listen. He spent 68 million so far, just on TV. Spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. Oh, she's not up she's to this. Yeah. And see, that's, yeah. t- that's, oh, yeah. t- that's tough to then come around and endorse somebody after that. That's tough. All right, we'll take a quick break. But before I do, I want to tell you I had my cleaning today with Dr. Mike Venaria. Uh, he's such a great guy. His whole office is great. Wonderful people there. And if you want to look and feel great in 2024, I recommend you book an appointment with my friend, Dr. Mike Venaria at Venaria Dental. See, you thought I was going to tell you about a health club or drink some more water or something, but no, nothing makes you look and feel better about your appearance than having that beautiful million-dollar smile. I've been telling you about Dr. Mike for years. My entire family goes to Venaria Dental because the level of care and expertise, his commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations and that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. 
So if you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done, reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020, 856-786-2020, or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. My friend, my dentist, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Ah, this is a perfect song. <laughs> Turlov is pregnant again. I see that on the five. She says she's having a girl. How do you know what gender your baby's going to be? How dare you assume that? It's terrible. Uh, congratulations, Jessica. Uh, Chris Christie just dropped out of the race for president, but but that's not the big story. The big story is that he just com- completely self... Uh, what's the word when you self... emulate? Uh, how do you say that again? When you, you commit suicide, basically. Sabotage? What? No, it's like self-emulation. There's a word. There's a, when you... Mutilation? No, it's... Mm. Emulation? Uh, what is it? Em, isn't it immolation? Yeah, I think that's it. Self-immolation, right? Completely self-immolated You himself. pronounce it so many different ways that now I'm second-guessing myself. Uh, yeah, we all could be way <laughs> off on this. Either way, Chris Christie just, just completely destroyed his chances here by trashing Nikki Haley on a hot mic prior to his town hall. Now, th- this is remarkable. I'm telling you right now, I still can't believe this. I, I, I really feel like I'm watching something that, 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 that is made up here. I, it doesn't seem real because he had one shot here, one, one chance to redeem himself politically after this disastrous presidential campaign. That was an absolute, absolute, just pure and utter disaster that made him have to take back everything he ever said about Donald Trump for years as being part of Donald Trump's inner circle. And then he has the national Republican establishments telling him, you have to get out of New Hampshire. You have to help Nikki Haley. You have to do this. So he's got the opportunity to have all these people grateful to him for helping Nikki Haley. He has his chance now, right? This is his chance. He's, he's, he's completely broken up with the Trump world. The, Anti-Trump establishment is begging him, drop out, drop out, prior to New Hampshire, so you can give Nikki Haley a shot. He's got a chance to then help Nikki Haley, or at least take credit for if Nikki Haley does pull off a win in New Hampshire. And then he can say, I back you, I'm with you, I help you in New Hampshire, and then you make me attorney general, something like that. But this idiot 
goes on a hot mic and is caught saying Nikki Haley's going to get smoked, and she's not up to this. And now you have Governor Ron DeSantis tweeting out. I mean, this is they're all going to they're all going to be taking advantage of this now. Governor Ron DeSantis just tweeted out, I agree with Christie that Nikki Haley is, quote, going to get smoked. So now everybody who is. I mean, you, the, the chance is blown here. I mean, there's no, there, it, it, how do you then go and turn around and, and back Nikki Haley? Now? You can't. And, if I'm, and quite frankly, if I'm Nikki Haley, <laughs> I, I'm turning around and saying, no, thanks, but no, thanks. I don't want your endorsement. I don't need you and we don't want you. Because that is just an absolute, complete and utter, it's like taking a sword and a samurai sorting yourself to death right there on a national political stage. Nobody cares about what he said in his, in his uh, speech dropping out. Nobody cares. Because it's, everything's about the hot mic moment. Everything on Twitter right now, as I'm scanning this, is entirely about this. I mean, Trump's going to use it to his advantage. Everything about Chris Christie is not, it's not about him dropping out. It's the hot mic moment. Everybody saying that Nikki Haley is going to get smoked. And Ron DeSantis apparently called him petrified about Iowa. So now I see Bill Malugin, Fox News, breaking while waiting for Chris Christie announcement. He could be heard in a hot mic criticizing Nikki Haley while talking to someone. She's going to get smoked. You and I both know it. She's not up to this. Everybody's tweeting this out. Caught in a hot mic. 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 I mean, it's it's so disastrous for him. Now, the question is, what is Trump going to say? Because I know Trump, you know, Trump's going to have a field day with this. I mean, he's going to have a field day with this and probably tweet out a picture of. uh, Donald of, of Chris Christie wearing his Mets uniform. Which is to this day, still one of the most graphic pictures I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, You can't eat, if you want to lose weight, you look at that picture and <laughs> lose your appetite. Uh, the other thing, too, is, that, you know, as, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, just doing a quick social media check here, brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hovavo, where relationships matter. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. I mean, this is a great point that's made by uh, Don Povia. Chris Christie is now running for chairman of the Lincoln Project. Papa Lee says, Rich, just when as president did Donald Trump put himself first before the American people? I seem to recall it was Christie sitting on a closed beach, enjoying the weather while the peons were forced to stay home. It's a great point. Uh, and then who else here now on, on social media? Let's see. Well, yes, me talking over it was that was a big hit as well, of course, because uh, that's what we do now on the show. We do just talk over whoever's speaking. Uh, Trump just said, I hear Chris Christie is dropping out of the race today. I might even get to like him again. Anyway, he was just caught in a hot mic making a very truthful statement. She's going to get smoked. You and I both know it. She's not up to this. So Donald Trump just basically also now taking what Chris Christie said. You're saying you have a slightly longer version of the hot mic moment that Chris Christie was caught on? Yeah. All right, let's, let's take a listen to that then. Go ahead. Let's you know, forget she spent $68 million. Yeah. I mean, oh. Well, like oh, when you give land to China and places like that. Yeah, that's gonna, what you get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far, just on TV. Spent $68 million so far, $59 million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She hasn't even been. 
And she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry Iowa, right? Yes. Oh, he's, I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis called me, petrified but that I would. He's probably getting out of after Iowa. Well, he's petrified. Yeah. Petrified, and he's probably going to get out after Iowa. I mean, yeah, so you've managed to now tick off DeSantis and Haley in one foul swoop. So he has nowhere to go. Maybe he can endorse Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe that's who he'll back. Because it's the only person he didn't trash, at least in that hot mic moment. Maybe there's more, and that'll come out later. I don't know. But So now Trump hates you. You, tr- you just trashed Haley when the establishment was begging you to get out and back her and help her. And you have this chance where you could have done it. You could have taken credit for that. You could have said, you, I mean, this was a perfect moment. You could have come out and dropped out of the race, threw your support behind Haley. If somehow she, she pulls off a miracle and beats Trump in New Hampshire, you get the credit for it. You get the credit, but not now you don't. Not now, because you just said she's not up to it. She's not up to it. So now you've got to then try to spin your way out of that. See, Johnny, Johnny Cook's point before, which was a very good one, he could say she's going to get smoked without my endorsement, but how do you spin she's not up to it? Can't. You're saying she's not up to it. She's not up to the job. She's not up to winning. She's not up to being president. So you can't come out and endorse her now. I mean, he can, but it's not going to have the same oomph. His moment is gone. I mean, that's it. It's over for him. It's gone because he looks like, again, a self-serving fraud. And if he comes out and he endorses Nikki Haley now, after saying all that about her, he's going to look like even more of a self-serving fraud when he already looks like a self-serving fraud. And the people that know him all think that that's what he is, is a guy who's all about himself, who will put himself first every single time and do what's ever in his own best interest and sell out his friends. And you are only you are only his friend if he needs you. Otherwise, you are not his friend. And if he comes out now and backs Haley after that, if I'm Nikki Haley, I'm not letting him anywhere near the stage. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, and if somehow now Nikki Haley wins, miraculously beats Trump in, uh, in New Hampshire because the Christie people go to Haley, even though Christie just trashed her. But then where the Christie people go, right? But let's assume they still go to Haley and somehow she wins. I'm not thanking Chris Christie. Even if he comes out and backs me, I'm still not thanking him. I'm not, I don't want him anywhere near me. Guy's radioactive. He's toxic. And he only has 3.5% nationally. So beyond New Hampshire, he gives you nothing. That's what I mean. He gives Chris Christie beyond New Hampshire, gives Nikki Haley nothing. There's no benefit whatsoever to having him. This was purely about Christie helping himself by saying, Haley's got a chance of, of winning New Hampshire. I'll drop out. I'll back her. I'll be able to take some credit if she wins. And then I'll rehabilitate myself on Team Haley and she'll owe me. And then I can take credit for all the other wins if she wins other places too. That strategy was lined up and he blows it by trashing Haley on a hot mic. I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's, I'm stunned. I really am. I'm stunned. I am, I'm completely stunned. This is actually politically worse. For him than even I mean the beach chair is always funny and I love all the places he's been. He's been on the moon. Sitting in that beach chair, he's been on the moon. He's been everywhere. He's been everywhere, you know? But this moment for him is now the Republican establishment has to spin. They gotta come out and explain why Christie's wrong. And now Nikki Haley has no choice but to take a shot at him. So instead of this moment being a moment where Nikki Haley can say, Thanks, Chris Christie, for your support. I'll never forget it. I hope all your people come to me. Now Nikki Haley is 
has to respond to what he said on the hot mic and has to take a shot at him. So he's now left with having the Trump people hate him, the Haley people are mad at him, the DeSantis people are mad at him, everybody. He leaves this race with absolutely no friends, and he's made things just that much worse for himself. In a, what, how long was that clip? What, 30 seconds of a hot mic? Yeah. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. See how easy it is to blow it in life? I'm serious. I say this all the time. One of the things I used to teach candidates all, I used to do when I, back in the day when I did um, a lot more debate prep for candidates and, and media training and public speaking training, I used to do an exercise with candidates where I would leave the camera rolling and I would just start having lunch with them and tell them we took a break and I would start getting them into conversations about very controversial things. And then I would play it back for them and say, I want you to learn this lesson. I'm going to delete this. I'm going to show you. I'm deleting it, but I want you to learn this lesson. You're around a microphone. You're around a camera. You assume it's hot every time, every time, period, because that is the number one rule. And nowadays with cell phones, you assume that everything is hot because every, all people have to do is just pull out a cell phone and just, they can even have it in their pocket. So you got to remember that as you say things in life, especially as a politician. All right, we got a, uh, an abbreviated fourth and final hour coming up as we have Temple basketball, but there's a lot going on that i got to chat about. But first, I want to tell you about Cherry Hill Volvo because there is a sensational sale happening at Cherry Hill Volvo this month. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? That's right. It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. These are courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles. They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so do not wait on this one, okay? Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you better. They are open, they have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. So why not start the new year off with a beautiful luxury vehicle you deserve? A Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. Again, hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo to get a courtesy S60 for less than $29,000. Unbelievable. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey. Right across the bridge, Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli well, Hunter Biden crashed the uh, hearing today. It was uh, chaos, but not as chaotic as Chris Christie uh, g- killing himself on a hot mic. Unbelievable. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. We have an abbreviated fourth hour for you because of Temple basketball. But man, a lot happened this afternoon. Why well, I love Afternoon Drive. I really do. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. I do. I love it. I love being in the afternoons because, well, A, I don't know if you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but uh, that was really not bad. It was not the getting up part. It was, I just, I really love the breaking news of the afternoon. And this genre of radio where we talk about current events 
I don't think there's a better time slot because everything seems to happen between the hours of 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. every single day. I mean, every day. You know, we do all this show prep and Matt DeSantis loads up my Evernote with all kinds of stories. And I mean, our, our percentage of actually getting to them is very low, but that's not because we don't try. It's because inevitably something always happens inevitably. And today's no exception. Chris Christie dropped out of the race. But more importantly than that is the fact that he got caught in hot mic self emulating himself, uh, castrating himself politically by trashing the one person who he could have taken credit for if she wins. And that's Nikki Haley. It's just it's I'm still stunned. I'm stunned by this this absolute moment of political stupidity that Chris Christie would trash Nikki Haley as opposed to backing her and then hoping she pulls out a win in New Hampshire and then taking credit for it. That's I mean, that's the playbook right there. That's the plan. Now that lane is closed. No pun intended, but you just shut that lane down and that's that's gone for good. I, 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 Matt DeSantis, please monitor Nikki Haley's social media accounts to see if she um, says anything in her defense to what Chris Christie said, because instead of right now, Nikki Haley coming out and saying, I want to thank Chris Christie for his support. I won't let you down. Uh, um, thank you. I'm grateful. And let's do this, New Hampshire. Instead of Christie telling the town hall in New Hampshire, hey, everybody get behind Nikki Haley and having the governor of New Hampshire happy with them and all these other people. He's just made all those people furious at him because he just said Nikki Haley's going to get smoked. And I think what's even worse, she's not up to it. She's not up to it. So he looks like a bitter little crybaby. And um, I, you know, I just, he, I mean, he looks like a bitter little crybaby. And this is not going to end well for him in any way, shape, or form. I just, I still can't believe it. I really, it's remarkable. Um, I do want to mention, though, we talk about DEI and woke and all that stuff. The University of Michigan is estimated to have over 500 DEI jobs, costing over $30 million a year, according to the Daily Wire. $30 million a year in diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity. So I just wanted to share that with you. I was going to get into more depth about that, but I don't have a lot of time. And also, Elon Musk is battling the administrative state. You know, the government hates Elon Musk because he made Twitter a free platform for free speech. And so they want to destroy him. And I told you the government has if they want to get you, they'll get you. And so what's happening now is that the administrative state is going after Elon Musk in, in a number of different ways. Most recently now is a regional director at the National Labor Relations Board charged SpaceX with retaliating against employees who wrote an open letter criticizing Mr. Musk. The complaint alleged that the company unfairly barred workers from discussing the letter and created an impression of surveillance by showing employees screenshots of communications between employees. Which, by the way, I know that every email I send on my Odyssey account, my work account, is subject to the review by the corporate suits. Just like my keystrokes if I'm using a corporate computer. So what's the big deal? It's you're using company resources. Yeah, the boss has a right to see what you're emailing. Otherwise, use your personal email. Um, but if the government wants to bust your chops, they'll find a way to do it. SpaceX responded with a lawsuit in federal court, arguing that the board structure and administrative trials are unconstitutional. The suit leans in part on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals SEC v. Jarkeski precedent. The Supreme Court heard the Securities and Exchange Commission's appeal in the case in November, and a decision is expected by June. The bottom line is this, that, you know, this, this problem that we have of the administrative state 
the executive power going after and punishing people it doesn't like politically is a major problem. And it's part of the weaponization of government. I think that this um, Wall Street Journal op-ed put it well when they said the SpaceX lawsuit also seeks to break new legal ground by taking aim at the National Labor Relations Board's combination of adjudicative, legislative and executive power, which it argues violates the constitutional separation of powers and due process. The National Labor Relations Board members rule on charges brought in its administrative courts and decide whether to seek injunctive injunctive relief in federal court. And you have all these other independent agencies that do the same, by the way. And so when you have Elon Musk has the money to be able to fight back, but they're also going after him for Tesla. They're also going after him for Twitter. They're going after media who helped with the, with the Twitter files. So the government is persecuted. I mean, really like literally hunting down these journalists who helped put out the Twitter files and intimidating them and going after them. Joe Biden is always yelling about the threats to democracy. This guy is the absolute biggest threat to the Republic we may have ever had in recent history. I mean that. You think about all the things his government has done, from going after Donald Trump in federal court, but punishing people, going after journalists. It's all happening under Joe Biden's presidency. This is the big story brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Reach out to him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. And this is the other thing, too. You have these idiots right now as we're waiting for the Court of Appeals to figure out whether or not presidents have immunity. And tomorrow, hopefully, we'll talk to John Yu about this. And you know my stance on this. If presidents don't have immunity for their actions, I want Barack Obama locked up. I want him charged with murder for murdering American citizens with drones. Okay, he'll be on with us tomorrow at 340. Excellent. Thank you, Matt. I mean, he killed American citizens with drones because he argued that they were terrorists. He didn't. These these citizens had no due process. Uh, Whether or not you agree with that or not, the point is that if presidents don't have immunity for their actions, somebody can make the argument that that was murder and try him. And then you have to have a trial. And it's ridiculous. I don't agree with the idea that presidents can be held criminally liable for their actions. There's only one way to deal with presidents, and that's Congress, period, through the impeachment clause. But here's idiot Jamie Raskin, who never ceases to amaze me with his utterly ludicrous ideas, as he says right now that Trump's lawyer's absurd argument would incentivize. I mean, this is just insane. But here we go. Cut 11. Um, well, the, the uh, presentation in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals before the three-judge three panel was astounding. Um, Donald Trump and his lawyers essentially asserted that the president has the right to assassinate people, to kill people, um, without uh, any prospect of prosecution unless they're first uh, impeached by the House and convicted in the Senate. And, of course, as a, a member of Congress, my first thought was, well, then, if the president is going to order out for the assassination of his political rivals and say there's a narrow margin in the Senate of a two or three vote in the opposition party, um, what's to keep him from murdering members of the Senate to make sure that he doesn't get convicted there in order to deny a two-thirds majority? He could kill them and then uh, he can't be impeached or convicted because he's murdered his opposition and he can't be prosecuted for it because he hasn't been impeached or convicted. Now, of course, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. I got a better idea. 
How about Trump launches a nuke and just destroys Congress? Wouldn't I mean that to me, that's much easier than having to kill a couple senators. Why don't you just nuke the whole place? Call it a nuclear strike and just or a Moab. Okay, maybe nuclear is a bit much, but drop a mother of all bombs right on Congress as they're debating your impeachment. Boom. Congress is gone. You're good. Why not? Well, I got a better idea. (laughs) Why not order all members of Congress who impeach him to be held at a CIA black site and tortured and waterboarded? I like that idea. Huh? Do that. Why not? This is absurd. But why not? Maybe Trump can go in like an axe murderer, like Dexter, and just start killing people that vote against his impeachment. Uh, It hurts my brain sometimes. It really does. These hypotheticals, they really hurt my brain. I think if a president tried to assassinate members of the Senate who were going to vote to impeach him or remove him, I'd say, from office, I kind of I sort of feel like that would have consequences. <laughs> I don't I don't think you get off scot free for that one. I think everybody could agree on that point. If you murdered members of the Senate who were debating your your impeachment, whether or not to convict you, I, I kind of feel like that would maybe have some blowback. I What do I know? I'm old school. What do I know? Maybe not. Maybe be fine. It'd be a lesson to all of you. See, what I'd do if I were Trump is I'd walk in. Remember the time he said I could shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue and get away with it? I'd walk in with a gun. And I would just pop him right there and turn around and let that be a lesson to the rest of you. In fact, why not just on day one just start killing senators? You know what I mean? You have to worry about it. Really, on day one, go in there and kill all the senators that don't like you in case they ever have to vote to uh, remove you as president. And say, let that be a lesson to you. And if any of you people try to impeach me, you're next. I'm coming for you next. Do it yourself. I like that idea even better. I mean, that could be a fun movie. How about I make that the sequel to White House Cocaine Dogs and Escape from Georgia? (laughs) The president just goes on a killing spree. Kills the entire opposition on the off chance they may impeach him one day. And just turns around and like, 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 oh, like I'm talking outlaw Josie Wales style. I want him to shoot him and then literally blow the end of the gun, like the smoke. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) turn around and say, now you try and impeach me. Impeach this. And like, pull pull out like two Colt 45s. Like, impeach this. Maybe just go full on Matrix. So, like, you know, the the guns out. I walk down the uh, the State of the Union address, just start popping senators left and right. Someone's going to steal this idea, uh, too. I Damn it. I got to keep these ideas in my head. You got to keep them to yourself. At the first State of the Union address, if I were president, here's what I would do. I would pull a gun from my waist, and I would aim it at the speaker behind me, who's a Democrat, blow her brains out, and turn around and go, all right, now, who's not voting for my budget? Raise your hand. I'm untouchable, baby. Try to impeach me now. You don't have a speaker. Aha. Let that be a lesson to you. And then take out a knife and kill my own vice president. Right? And then, see, at that point, you can't even take me out. So who's going to be vice president now, huh? Boom. Got this done. Who's next? And if anybody tries to kill me, I have a Secret Service agent to kill them. You see? This is the best horror movie I've ever heard in my life. What do we call this? We need a, we need a snappy title. Uh, should we get Jamie Raskin involved? He seems to... He does have a great imagination for these things, right? Yeah. 
I feel like he at least deserves some sort of producer credit for coming up with the idea. Yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe we call it um, like Raskin's Rising or something. <laughs> I th- whatever the title Raskin's is. Raskin's Redemption. <laughs> I feel like it has to be Rich Zioli and Jamie Raskin present. I like that. Yeah. I would t- I would do that. And then it, it, I think I'm. it's more of a limited streaming series, I think, on Netflix. Is how I envision this versus a full length feature film, <laughs> you know, and like, and and at every state of the union, the president could come in with more ways to try to kill members of Congress, and they all sit there. They've got like they're wearing like beekeeper outfits and metal. They're wearing body armor, <laughs> <laughs> dressed like knights, <laughs> <laughs> terrified of the president. <laughs> As he walks down the aisle, you know, they always try to be in the aisle seats to shake his hand. They're all stepping further away. Hey, get over here and shake my hand. And one of them puts his hand out, president chops it off. Ah! How are you going to vote for impeachment now when you can't hit the buzzer? You can't hit the vote button. B. Take that. I like This is the most brilliant idea I've ever had. <laughs> the president's just a complete madman. <laughs> Complete lunatic. <laughs> this one is not exclusive. Uh, your idea, though, we have to give some credit to Jamie. Rask. Fine, I'll give Ra- fine. And then I want Fidel Castro's son, Justin Trudeau, to, to do oh, the eulogy. We believe at the here at the Rich Zioli Show that Justin Trudeau is the son of Pierre Trudeau, and definitely not Fidel Castro. Allegedly. But as today has gotten to be one of the craziest days in political history where we heard a member of Congress bring up the word D-picks at a congressional hearing, Chris Christie self-emolulated himself um, and destroyed his political career on a hot mic. We unearthed this eulogy that Justin Trudeau gave many years ago to Fidel Castro. And uh, I wanted to share a little bit of this with you today, since we have an abbreviated show anyway. Why not? So, take a listen. On behalf of Sophie, our children, and myself, as well as all Canadians, I want to offer our deepest condolences on the death of Fidel Castro to the Castro family and to the people of Cuba. Now, don't you think that sounds like something a son would say? (laughs) (laughs) He went on to praise him and go on and on about what a great guy he was. And so I'm just wondering, I mean, it just sounds to me something like a son would say, like, yeah, my dad was a ruthless dictator and all, but still my dad, love him, you know what I mean? <laughs> Johnny Cook likes the idea of a baseball bat. Okay, all right, so that'll be like the scene from The Untouchables. Remember the scene in The Untouchables when Al Capone has the baseball bat and just beats that guy to death with the baseball bat in front of everybody? That's what the president should do. What would stop the president <laughs> just turning around, <laughs> just swinging wildly at everybody? I'm picturing this like a like a they live situation. Like I only came here to do two things: <laughs> be president and hit people with bats. <laughs> just turns around and beats the speaker to death with a bat on live television. <laughs> turns around. <laughs> We're going to do things a little differently from now on. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> Jamie Raskin, you're brilliant. I love you. <laughs> I do. I think you're fantastic. I do. I really do. I Is he our new f- me- uh, favorite member of Congress? <laughs> Has he be. passed uh, Hank Johnson? 
He might be. Jamie Raskin might be my new. I have tears in my eyes right now coming up with all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> the president's just going to kill his face. There should be a chainsaw scene also. <laughs> <laughs> puts on a hockey mask, whips out a chainsaw. He's Leatherface. Just, yeah, Leatherface. He starts... <laughs> Impeach this! <laughs> oh, God. I gotta stop. All right. <laughs> I can't even I'm going to drive home. Uh, thank you, J.B. Raskin. Thank you. And thank you, Chris Christie, for the hot mic moment. Thank you for all of it. Uh, have a great rest of your night tonight. We have got Temple basketball, but we'll be back tomorrow for a full show from 3 to 7 p.m. In the meantime, please come up with your creative ways for the president to kill members of Congress who want to impeach him. Submit all your requests to uh, ridiculousmovieideas at gmail.com. Uh, in the meantime, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, thank you so much for listening. Farewell to Chris Christie. It's been real. What a swan song. See you on the beach. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.